Save Room Plays, the only podcast where we talk about the games we're touching and the games that are touching us. What a disgusting intro. We got to change that eventually. Yeah. Into um, something else. We could crowdsource this, this yeah. new intro, this working intro. What do you guys think it should be? Don't answer all at once. It's okay. <laughs> you can write in. <laughs> uh, play, yeah. Uh, email us at uh, saveroom.net uh, plays slash underscore edu. Did I say .net already? You did. At Yahoo. We do have an email. <laughs> yeah, we for, do. For like, you know, listener questions and inquiries, but it's an empty mailbox. I think a lot of Is our- Is that people... what that's for? <laughs> yeah. Oh. That's how it's set up on the SoundCloud. I'm just, I'm used to no one having questions for us. <laughs> yeah. That's easier. <laughs> but okay. Well, hi, my name is Kevin and hey. I'm joined by none other than Daniel. It's me. Welcome back to video games, dude. We're going to talk about them. Video games needed us to come back and, and welcome them with a- wide arms in a big way Mm -hmm. in a big way for sure and there's a lot of video game stuff going on but i gotta i gotta tell you dude we're gonna do something um that maybe uh the audiences the save roomies out there Mm -hmm. won't expect so nintendo direct happened right Mm -hmm. we're not gonna really talk about it too much because i it's i every time that these things happen i recognize that i am not the audience Mm -hmm. for nintendo directs same and and it's cool that you are it's cool if like you you look at kirby in the lost world or whatever that is and think like wow that's amazing day one for me Ooh, an animal crossing update oh fuck it oh shit yeah Mm -hmm. like that's not us right that's not like i don't like my animal like my village is on fire probably Right? They're all dead. Oh, yeah. I probably have all those, like, fucking eggs left over from, like, the last Easter event that I saw to fucking yeah. suss out. Yeah, there's a whole thing happening on the island. Right, so that's why we're not doing, like, a full-on, like, oh, here's the save room news, and we'll talk about everything Nintendo talked about. Blah, blah, blah. No, no, no. Yeah. Highlights. We will talk about... Highlights. ...the direct. Highlights. Talk to me about it. Before we get into anything here... No, we'll talk do, to We're going to do the overview here. <laughs> yes, this is Save Room Plays. We're going to talk about no, talk a lot me. of shit we're playing, but at the front, we're going to do the Nintendo Direct. Also, so we don't bury this, because we tend to do this for Save Room Plays. It's we're the right. Save Room. You can find us over at soundcloud.com slash the Save Room Show. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, wherever the fuck you want to find us. Yeah. And you can also find us on Twitch, Kevin on twitch.tv slash the Red Herb. Herb? Herb. 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 Herb's a name. Herb is something that you you bunch up into your wounds. You grind up and go, oh, I'm going to survive the night. Do you think you could ever be like a survivalist in that that kind of uh, capacity if you what had capacity? To? Like zombies or like, oh, somebody threw me in the woods. Yeah, like Bear Gorillas, you're out in the woods. You have a, a satchel of herbs and, and salves. I think it would be the same situation as Into the Wild and I'd eat some wrong berries and <laughs> just fucking shit myself to death alone. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure that would happen. If, if a bear didn't get me first, because I don't know what to do around a bear, they're like, oh, fucking play dead, right? Some cases you want to play dead. I think bears, you want to yeah. act bigger. Be like, stand up tall. You want to try to threaten a bear? Yes. Okay, cool. Well, I'll, I'll die either way, <laughs> is what would happen. No, I don't think I would survive in a survivalist situation, man. Mm. If there's no outlet, there's no survival. Fair. <laughs> That's what it is. This man over here, he's a fan of glamping. Glamping? Yeah. Get me a yort is a yort it's like a little it's, it's like a it's not like a it's like a i don't it's it's a small like it's not like a tent okay <laughs> it's a building <laughs> i don't really, listen people know what a yort is okay 
I'll have to look it up after or during this episode. I'm going to have a eureka moment halfway through fucking the Nintendo Direct. I'm like, oh, yeah, Mario would live in New York. Duh. Mario would live in New York. Um, well, you, people can find you, Daniel, yeah. at twitch.tv slash Dungeons and Daniels, and you're mm-hmm. back on the scene. I was surprised to see that Friday notif, mm-hmm. and I was like, it must be Friday if Daniel's streaming. That's true. There was, there was no Fridays before you did. No, I actually, when my stream went live... Fridays were blossomed from the bosom of, of my stream. Right. So, Like, your stream is the breast milk for Friday's life. Yeah. Yeah, it's a lot of people coming off of a really shitty week. They're just like, man, I need some entertainment before my weekend. And I'm like, Papa's here. Come, come, <laughs> Papa's come, here. Come to the Friday uh, salve, yeah. if you will. Suckle on this tea. I don't know. Uh, breast mood today. Breast mood, huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> If we don't pick it up, what I'm putting down. If we could put breasts throughout this episode, yeah, that'd be amazing. Fantastic. We've um, done worse. We have done worse. We did a cold open about nine eleven once. And That's true. I've never made it anywhere. That's um, true. Yeah. So the just to kind of put this out there, my my schedule for work and life is changing. So I'm going on to a schedule now where my weekend is going to be Sunday and Mondays mm. versus Friday and Saturday what it previously was. So the Friday streams are done, dead. In the water, dead like Kevin in the woods because he ate wrong berries. I ate wrong berries and a bear found me. <laughs> yeah, so and he's poisoned now too because he's eating my fucking my gibbard and whatever else is inside gibbard. me. Whatever's in me, <laughs> the soft, stinky parts of me. He's he's chewing through because it it's fucking a delight for him. <laughs> so my new Friday is going to be probably Mondays. So I will help you guys settle into your work week versus coming off of it. Right, um, and I look forward to that. Whenever I do it, it's again, it's not going to be a regular thing. Mm-hmm. I'm. Like the Haley's Comet of streams, I come once every seventy years, and uh, yeah, just look look for me in the sky. You'll see it coming. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> well, fantastic. Yeah, it's gonna be a weird adjustment for you, man. I know. Yeah. Uh, well, technically, I'm on, like on this four day weekend right now, so like I'm on this kind of extended like spree. Yeah. But like, come next week when I actually have to work Friday and Saturday, I'm like, oh well, it's Sunday. What do I do? And regardless of when we record, we're still like out of date. Like, no matter what. Like, oh, yeah. we're talking about gaming news. Like, it already happened, right? It's like, Activision Blizzard is getting into a lawsuit. And it's like, you know, by the time the episode releases, like, they are chapter 11. <laughs> and we're talking about it like it's still a thing, you know? Yeah, our, I mean, our original and normal recording cadence has been Saturdays. So yeah. we're just moving it up to Sundays now. Right. Probably. But that frees up my Saturday a little bit in that uh, I could, well, like I've been doing, streaming on the Saturday morning, which I enjoy the Saturday morning streams. Yeah. Very nice. Get some coffee. Put on my my old headphones, mm-hmm. slap open the uh, OBS, do mm-hmm. some other verbs, and stream. It's great stuff. Yeah, I find that I really love the morning streams. There's something really, yeah. really refreshing about it. And, good. you know, you get a good audience of people. Because it's like, ah, oh, people are just waking up. They're like, what the fuck? Who just went live at 9 in the morning? Yeah, exactly. Right, I guess I'll check this out while I'm still in bed. Exactly. Um, Versus like streaming like on a Saturday night where it's like, ah, people are probably out and about. If if I had one wish is that any time that somebody watches or listens to my content Mm -hmm. is that they're in bed. Any single time. If I had one wish, Mm -hmm. I would take cancer away. Oh. Yeah. Huh. Just cancer's gone, huh? Yeah, no cancer, no problems. But your thing sounds cool too. I'm still going to double down and say that I want people to, <laughs> to imbibe my content while they're in bed, preferably nude, you know? Can we roll back the statement, I want people to imbibe my content <laughs> in bed, because that could mean anything. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> 
I want you to swill it in your mouth like a like an old bourbon. <laughs> oh God! All right. Well, <laughs> now that we've set the tone for the episode, let's talk this Nintendo Direct, man. My second wish would be I would stop 9/11, but <laughs> my first wish is still number one. <laughs> anyway, you look at it. <laughs> so, wow. video games, Nintendo Direct, Daniel. Yes. Um, let's talk, let's not bury the lead. No, let's I don't, just talk like, about the one thing that we're probably going to talk about. Chris Pratt is Mario Mario of the Mario Brothers? That's either the most brilliant or stupidest casting on earth. I think six years ago, it would have been the perfect brilliant casting. When we still loved... Heyday? Yeah, when we still loved Chris Pratt, when he was yeah. just becoming Star-Lord, before we knew that he hated, like, right. the gays. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or, like, what is it? He goes to a church that is very anti-homosexual, which is yes. most churches. Yes, I forgot the name of the but... church. I'm hoping it's not the one I'm thinking of. It's not Westboro. Uh, oh my god. <laughs> you forgot about that? I think it might... Okay, hang on. <laughs> I'm gonna look up Chris Pratt Church... Wow, there's a church with his face on the side of it. No, hang on. Here we go. Uh, da, 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 da. What is that? The Church of uh, Pratter Day Saints? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that was a good uh, one. Let's see here. Hillsong Mega Church. Yeah. Apparently they're not big fans of LGBTQ. Okay. Yeah. There you go. Interesting. Well, there it is. Chris Pratt. Mm -hmm. very conservative apparently many a movie and fame is has been casted as mario and the internet is on fire about it because well of that and another thing is chris pratt isn't italian he's norwegian so that's been upsetting a few people here and there can't even get a fucking italian person now if you if you didn't know kids mario mario Mm -hmm. is an italian uh, maybe american plumber yeah i'm not sure we know he's italian does he was he plucked from Italy and thrown into the Mushroom Kingdom? Because we because in a, in the U.S. because mm-hmm. I know we have a lot of international uh, we do listeners. Yeah, a right? lot of people in Hong Kong, a lot of people yeah. in Brazil. In the U.S., the Mario Mario mythology is informed almost wholly by the Mario Brothers movie, mm-hmm. the Super Mario Brothers movie, starring uh, what's his face? Don't say John Leguizamo first. What's the other one? I don't remember his name. Tony God damn it! <laughs> Tony Shalhoub? What? <laughs> no, he passed away. Hang on, hang on. It was Bob Hoskins. Bob, Sorry, Hoskins, Bob Hoskins and John Leguizamo. And John Leguizamo is yeah. Luigi Mario. And from that movie, the mythos of them being like the Mario brothers, Mario being their last name. And they're from like, New York. They're from New York. As well. So maybe that's what it is. You know, um, having a lot of family that has come from New York, right? And knowing where, you know, a lot of people from Europe had, you know, immigrated to New York. Like, a lot of Europeans, a lot of Italians. Yeah. Like, maybe, you know, Mario, Mario, and Luigi Mario immigrated as children, right? Mm -hmm. You know, their father, Italian plumber, thick accent, cross-eyed a little bit. Has two sons. Sorry, what was that Don't worry about it. (laughs) He has two sons. Sure. And they're just born into the plumbing trade in New York. Born into it. Born with a wrench in hand. Or they lived in Italy. Yep. And maybe they just took a warp pipe to the wrong country. They just... Oh. They warp pipe to... They warp pipe to New York and poverty. Yes. Apparently. (laughs) Because in the film, they were very... They were not doing well. So... I, I want to read a quote here, and then sure. we'll we'll kind of get to this this first point about like him not being Italian. Right. I want to get to the other casting yeah. too, because it's the other casting is actually good and exciting. Yeah. But this one, this is a contentious bit, right? Well, 
what fucks me up too is like Shigeru Miyamoto. They brought him like on the direct for this, and yeah. he's super excited about it. He loves the thought of this movie. He's working. They're working with a special animation studio for it. Yeah, you and, think they would wheel out Miyamoto, and he's just like, "Here's another fucking clunker." Yeah. <laughs> but he was like, he, you know, the translator made it seem like he was super excited. He's like, and I'm happy to reveal Chris Pratt's son as Mario. When, he's so cool. Yep. That <laughs> he's like, he's so cool. He's part so makes cool. Me laugh every time. Um. And I've I've loved watching um, other content creators and streamers react to this because it's like it's like almost like an avalanche. Like they react to Chris Pratt first, and everybody comes that comes after. It, for some people, it works over time. Huh? For other people, it's like this is the worst cast. I think it works for me yeah. perfectly. The cast is great. So like, let's get in. Luigi's played by Charlie Day. Yeah, that's good. That's good. I'll defend that to the grave. He's the green man himself. Is the green brother? I actually don't even care. If he's Italian. I'm just stoked for that casting. Let's just pretend he is yeah. to make this feel better. <laughs> but yeah, this is great. This is great. And then we have Almond Joy Taylor. Yeah. Uh, as Princess Peach. Princess Peach. Mm-hmm. Okay. What is it? So is Anna, is it Taylor Joy or Joy Taylor? Where does the Joy go? I think it's Taylor Joy. It's okay, it's Taylor Joy. Oh my God. I have to look this up. Now. Like we've tailored the Joy. Anya Taylor Joy. Yeah. She's a partner? Of course she would. Yeah, Anya Taylor-Joy. She's a Twitch partner? <laughs> no, she has a partner. Oh, yeah, that's I different. Know. So she's... I wish I had like someone who was both. A partner who is a Twitch partner. Ooh. All right? That's going to come with a lot of visibility. Well, I decided I'm going to ride somebody's curtails for the rest of my life, because I, I, I don't have to do anything. Sure, exactly. <laughs> I just show up. <laughs> so she's going from Queen's Gambit to Princess Peach, which is, yeah. is pretty interesting. Downgrade. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we also got, and I, I'm not going to bury this at all, we got Seth Rogen as Donkey Kong. Yeah, Don, so Donkey Kong's in the film, <laughs> yeah. right? Actually, a whole bunch of Kongs. Uh, yeah, Cranky Kong is in the film, played by Fred Armisen. And people are very delighted by that. Yeah. I've heard Fred Armisen is a fucking sociopath. Yeah. Like oh, yeah. behind the scenes. Like one of his partners that left him was just like, I'll never be in a room with this guy again. <laughs> wow. And I'm just like, oh shit. Because like people are like, oh, I love him. I love Portlandia. Apparently, yeah, dude might be fucking crazy, dude. I just want to put it out there. You might be fucking crazy. If you're listening, Fred, you might be fucking crazy. Well, there's <laughs> Fred, you listening? Fred, you listening? There's a bit from Broad City yeah. where he plays this like older man obviously because he's older but he has a fixation with acting like a baby (laughs) i'm a baby i'm a baby so i imagine that's how he is in real life he just like (laughs) fucking just does insane shit all over the place maybe yeah it's a really funny skit you gotta watch it uh okay um we also got keegan michael key as toad yeah okay all right he's funny interesting i don't know if i would pick him for toad but yeah you know but i don't and that's not saying like i don't think he's good for toad Mm. I don't know that Toad is good for anyone else. That that's my thing about it. I'm yeah. just like, oh yeah, who wants who wants to sign up for Toad? <laughs> right. <laughs> what? There were a few other reveals. So too. Bowser is Jack Black. Oh yeah, that's a big one. That's amazing. That's a big one. So he's Actually, double dipping in the video game verse, yeah. my friend. So he's Claptrap in the new Border the Lands film by Eli Roth, mm-hmm. and now he is uh, he, Bowser. he's Bowser. He is Mario's uh, nemesis. I'm actually wow. into that idea. You like that? Yeah. I'm, I'm into it, too. I like it. He's got a big, boisterous voice. He does, and he's raining. really... Oh, wow. Yeah, it's raining. It's raining in Seattle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Imagine that. Hmm. It's that time of the year. It's actually officially fall now, so it's probably going to start happening a lot more. Raining in Seattle, will my lover look up? Very musical. Yeah, today. Much like Jack Black, so I hope... Does he know for music? Yeah. 
The first time I saw Jack Black was in Peter Jackson's King Kong, and I thought, this man has the chops. That can't be the first time you saw Jack Black. What the fuck are you talking about? It had to have been Gulliver's Travels. Come on, man. So, yeah, I, I hope they he's play into the that. Chops. Because, like... Like, of all the roles, dude, say he's got the chops, bro. Like, there's always this kind of, like, ambiance with Bowser uh, in the games where it's, like, you yeah. come across his castle and it's bumping with, like, party music. Like, in Super Mario 3 and, like, Super Mario World. So I hope they just give him, like, this crazy, like, musical number. Maybe he writes, like, the music for, like, his area. Oh, you think he has a little rock and music area? Yeah, like, that'd be tena- fun. Tenacious D uh, yeah. leanings on it? All yeah, right, like I a like Koopa it. Jam or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, I'm into it. I'm into um, it. Who so- are we missing? Who else is there? Well, we got... So what, what what's kind of fucking me up, too, is we got uh, Char- Charles Martinet who is, like, the original and long-term voice of Mario. Yep. In the movie, but not voicing Mario. He's not voicing Mario. Yeah. Because that's not a name that you could put on a poster. No. And people go crazy about. Yeah. I know, I know Charlie, there's some... Charlie's Martinet, he's yeah. not so cool. Chris Pratt, he is cool. Right. That's what Miyamoto is directly saying. Mm-hmm. Not even implying. He looked at the camera deadpan and says, Charlie's not cool. Yeah. But Charlie Day. <laughs> Charlie Day. Hey, hey, hey. Hey, hey, hey. Who, who is, do we get everyone? We're missing someone. There's some other, there's a few more Kongs there is, in there. Was there a few more Kongs? Yeah. I'm going to look up this cast list. So you have this all-star cast. And mind you, this movie's an animated movie, too. Like, this yeah. isn't like how Sonic is, where it's like this mixed medium, uh, kind of CG, kind of live action. And it fest. seems like it's going to lean on comedy considering the cast. Yeah. Right? Like, it's going to be a funny thing for the kids. Yeah, it's going to have some funny ha-has, which, you know, could be cool. For some reason, comedy in video game movies is like, like always really like hit or miss. But it's also too like considering the the audience. Like at the end of the day, this is a kids movie, right? So mm-hmm. you're gonna have jokes that are mainly playing to the the kids table. But I'm sure they'll there will be some smartly written stuff along the way. But we, we'll see. I don't know. It's it's slated for holiday 2022. And uh, you think there's gonna be some deep cuts to the Mario verse? Are we gonna see like? Uh, a mansion in the background, a spooky mansion. And it's like, oh, it's Luigi's mansion. Oh my god! I fucking hope so. Or, or fucking Mario goes missing for two minutes, and somebody goes, Mario is missing. And then fucking Luigi freaks out, has yeah. one of those Charlie Day moments from It's Always Sunny. It's like, we gotta find Mario. Right. We gotta look for Mario. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> Famous Charlie Day line. Yeah. Oh, oh my god, we gotta look for Mario. <laughs> I've I've been loving the memes about it though, where it is like just Charlie Day wearing the green Luigi hat. Yep. And he's like he's like I want to talk about I got to talk about the booze, Mac. I got to talk about the booze, <laughs> or like what's your spaghetti policy? I think what's oh, your spaghetti policy? Is pretty yeah. funny. That's gonna be it's gonna be a fun movie. I hope it's it I could hope it's be season, right. It could be it could be a disaster. It doesn't matter anymore. So if it's a disaster, will it ruin your life? That's the question. Uh, no. Nintendo fans, you got to ask yourself this question. If Nintendo makes something bad, mm-hmm. will it ruin your life? Is your is your life done? I mean, they've been making bad decisions for years, and it hasn't ruined my life. True. I'll talk to you about another decision. Could be good or bad. Well, here's the thing. I want to talk about Chris Pratt real quick. Well, why? What? <laughs> because people are asking, like, oh, is he going to do, like, an Italian accent? Like, oh, he's not, doing a Mario voice. Yeah, he's going to do a Mario voice. He said he's practicing. Uh, which I'm very interested to, to see how that pans out. But, like... I'll give him some credit. Like, he has done animated movies before. Like, he was in the Lego movie. Uh, oh, he, yeah, that's right. And he was in that um, Pixar movie, Onward. So, like, he, of all of these people, actually does have some, like, VA work under his belt. But we'll see how it actually plays out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
I don't, I don't know. I have to. I have to see a trailer. Give me yeah. a trailer. I want to hear the voice. I want to hear them interact. I want to hear Seth Rogen laugh as Donkey Kong. Yeah. Yeah. Now, that's what the... I want to hear. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God, it's going to be good. But how are you going to have Donkey without Diddy, though, man? I need Diddy in that film. That's a good point. I need some straight-up Diddy. Do you think this, like, splinters off a bunch of kind of, like, side movies and, like, spinoffs? Oh, it's got to. It's got to be. It's, this is probably... There's going to be a Mario Versa films or a Nintendo Versa films. Mm. We're going to fucking get Donkey Kong next, probably, mm. starring Seth Rogen. They're like, the breakout star! Of the movie, stole every scene with his little tie and his jokes. <laughs> his jokes and yeah. his kind of like allusions to being a pothead. Yeah, and it's like, if you like Mario the movie, then you'll love Donkey Kong the movie. It's a barrel of laughs. <laughs> oh my god. Mm-hmm. This movie's gonna K King rule. Wait, King K rule. We're get, It's gonna King. Uh, no, that was good. It's gonna yeah. King K rule. No. You're gonna be pounding on your chest with laughter. You're going to be whistling Dixie Kong. All right. I'll give you all those. Those are pretty good. <laughs> yeah, yeah those are all really So okay. we'll see what happens. Holiday 2022. But the thing yeah. that's weird to me about it, though, weird, is man. like, got you. Why, yeah. why do we need like a quadruple A cast to sell this Mario movie? Why not? It's Mario. Like, it's going to sell by name alone. You think so? You, yeah. You, so like, so I don't know. So we can cast a nobody as Mario? I think, like, well, Mario. Or, or have Charlie? Charlie uh, Martinet? I think, well, I think you could probably cast somebody like kind of somewhat known as Mario. Yeah. The expectation is still going to be there. It's like, well, is, gonna, is he going to be as good as Charlie Martinet? But, like, everybody else could have been anybody else. Right. Like, Luigi could have been fucking, like, an up-and-comer, you know? Uh, Jonathan Taylor Thomas? No. Oh, okay. No, How about on. JGL? JGL. As, as Luigi. An up-and-coming up and coming JGL. Actually, he did some voice acting in Star Wars Visions. Did he really? Yeah. Oh, that's right. He that was... had a great voice cast. Everyone should watch fucking Star Wars Visions, man. Yeah. That's some good shit. It is. It's Nine really episodes, good shit. fucking anime meets Star Wars. That first episode? Yeah. Oh my god. Yo, the whole series <sighs> makes What If look like a vanilla wafer in the rain. Just fucking melty and drippy and shit. And yeah. Just shitty. You're not going to eat that. You shouldn't. You might. You look at it twice, <laughs> think about maybe. You look at it. And, and that's what I do with What If every week where I'm like, yeah, yeah I'll, maybe I'll watch it. And yeah. I watch it and I'm just like, okay, that was... Yeah. A waste Is that a review of what if? Like, what if? Are we inclined? No, I'm not inclined. <laughs> no. I can't recommend what if. No. So let's move on to the next thing you wanted to kind of... I want to talk about... So another big... We'll get into the games in a second. But the, the big thing is Nintendo 64 games are yes. finally coming to Nintendo Switch Online mm-hmm. for a fee. Do we know the fee? No. They no. didn't announce a fee. But it's coming through the expansion pack. Aren't they so fucking kitschy and funny? And... Uh, in addition, this, this is the the Wowzer mm-hmm. Sega Genesis games yeah. will be a part of that little. I think they're clubbing together N sixty four and and those two. So that, that's cool. We saw some of the games on there already, of course. You know what Super Mario sixty four, yep. Ocarina of Time, mm-hmm. Pokemon Snap, Pokemon Snap, yeah. yeah. Um, Majora's Mask was announced as something that is coming down the line. Uh, I okay. think same with Banjo Kazooie. Okay, Banjo Kazooie as well. Yeah. Right on. Win back. Win back. A lot of people sure. going crazy for win back, you, you know? <laughs> no? And then I, I don't I, I saw like what Streets of Rage and a couple others, like the, the, the yeah, Sega games you'd Sega. expect. In addition to that, they did announce the pricing for uh Switch compatible Nintendo sixty four controller for fifty fucking dollars. Mm-hmm. And then for the exact same price A Sega controller. The Sega Genesis yeah. controller. So you can play the games as they were intended and designed to be played or whatever bullshit that they like to sell you on. And they're wireless too, which is nice. <sighs> Welcome to the future. Yeah. But uh there's no way you're gonna get my clubs around a fucking Nintendo sixty four controller again. 
I'm sorry. That's one of the worst design controllers in existence. That controller is like if you were a pilot and you had yeah. to worry about like, you know, fucking flying like pilot stick, whatever, like however they're fucking pilot. Right. It looks like something that would be like in a 70s spacecraft, right? It, like it, it doesn't make any sense. It looks like a Y-Wing from Star yeah. Wars. No, it looks like an X-Wing from Star Wars. Looks like a, yeah, it looks like an X-Wing. Yeah, yeah. Come, coming at you. And you can never figure out like how do you actually hold on to it? Do you hold on to like grab the middle? Like you're like you're pulling mm-hmm. pulling a nose, so <laughs> or do you hold it from the outsides? Like a little kid hand, you have to hold it from the middle. But then you got this weird like uh, this fork that's uh, like around your hands, right? The left fork mm. happening over here. You got the right fork. You don't have two sticks. You got one stick. Well, here's the thing: left left corner yeah. is just the D pad. Just the D pad. And a lot of games didn't really use the D pad like in full. A lot of times it was just like scroll through your inventory or like swap through weapon shit. Well, you obviously weren't playing Mortal Kombat 4 for the Nintendo 64. D-pad away, baby. Sure. I have played that. What I about Mortal it. Kombat Trilogy for the Nintendo 64? Okay. <laughs> I ran out of fighting games. <laughs> Is there another one? Uh, yeah, Clay Fighter 63 and a quarter or whatever. Oh, yeah. Another fucking <laughs> classic with stuff. Clay Fighter was fun, though. Earthworm Jim, yeah. man. Yeah, hell yeah. No, but like all the other games, like yeah. all the 3D-based games, like sure. Legend of Zelda, Mario. Oh, they like, shunned that D-pad. Your, your left hand is on the middle portion, right. that big protruding thing with the, the joystick. And then your right hand is where the face buttons and C buttons are. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That's how I play. So when I was a kid. Yeah. Back in my day, when I had a Nintendo 64, I would hold the whole pitchfork, mm-hmm. uh, like, from both both ends, right? I wasn't holding onto the middle. I would actually reach over with my big, unnatural thumb and just really go at that analog stick. You have a normal-looking thumb. Is it? Yeah, it's not a natural. At Holy jeez, they're back to normal! <laughs> But I would play like that. Yeah. It was uncomfortable. I remember getting like weird hand cramps and like blisters from the N64 controller. Is that from the controller? Yeah. Oh yeah, because it had the ridges on the on the stick. A mistake. Yeah. You it would burn through your, your thumb. That was a mistake too. I submit and then the C buttons. The yeah. C buttons? Well, for me, those are perfect inventory buttons for like Legend of Zelda, where it's like, oh, gotta mount whoa, my bombs, whoa. gotta mount my ocarina. You're talking about the D-pad being uh, inventory buttons? You must be in your inventory 24-7 if you're coming at it from both sides, man. What are you doing with the face buttons? What are you doing with them? You're that's ignoring just them? How, that's how it was mapped. Okay. Oh, for uh, face buttons? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm using my, my uh, sword and shield. Okay. With that. Or I'm right. rolling. Wow. I think, what, dodge roll was uh, A or B? I you, you know what controller they got right? Hmm. GameCube. Yeah. They still have to I manufacture that. that thing because people won't let it go. It's a good controller. Still um, the same burn problem with the left analog stick. Yeah. Having thing. played a lot of Super Smash Brothers Melee, like I have wrecked yeah. my thumb pads. Yeah, yeah, thumb. yeah. Don't, don't feel So good. I, don't feel I've wanted this for a while now Yeah, for their online catalog <laughs> to expand beyond their measly selection of NES and SNES games. Let's not act like they're giving us the world with that collection. There could still be a lot of potential. I've only played the two Donkey Kong countries on it. Yeah. And I've played a little bit of like Super Metroid and it's just like there's still so much more that they're just not doing with it. Right. So to be like, oh yeah, they fed us with like 10 N64 games. Mm -hmm. Like, cool. It's great that it's there, but I hope they just like keep going with it, especially if you're going to charge probably like 20 bucks more for it. Yeah, um, my it, problem was a lack of consistency. There was no like, yeah. um, hey, you're guaranteed to get you know new games every month. Mm-hmm. Like you know how PS Plus is like, you're gonna get like three free games yeah. every month. They they were kind of like there'd be months without 
updates, There'd right? Be years without it, it feels like. <laughs> yeah, it, like it yeah. would just be like, oh yeah, we just suddenly added these games, and you're like, what? What the fuck? When and why? There's no rhyme or reason to it. You but know? I will give them that Nintendo Online is pretty cheap as far as subscriptions go. It's like twenty bucks for the year. Yeah, it's it's dirt so. cheap. I get it. You get what you pay for, right? You get an inconsistent <laughs> uh, catalog of back games, and you're paying for online for games that have terrible online, mm-hmm. like Smash, for instance. Yes. So fantastic. I guess. Yeah, it's it's hard being like, uh, I always feel like an outsider mm-hmm. talking about Nintendo stuff, but it is, it, I, I, I own it. I have the $20 plus. I have the Switch and all mm-hmm. that. Pointing at something. It's back somewhere. Right it's now. somewhere. I don't know where I put that Switch, actually. Since we moved, I just think I just kept it in like a box. Oh, yeah. I set mine up already. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'll, I'll get to it. Because I told myself, like, I want to play through Skyward Sword or... No finish breath of the wild finally during the fall because like zelda is a very fall franchise for me reminds Uh, me of like fall time okay so yeah that's why i was like i'm gonna unpack it i'm gonna play through these games and guess what i haven't haven't done it yet yeah i think the next time i i would pick up the switch is maybe for metroid dread it's coming soon yeah october 8th i think probably won't get it at launch (laughs) um so does this catalog does this expansion pass speak to you do you think you're going to be getting this no Uh, we have an n64 downstairs we do we just use that we just use that yeah we can get whatever games for it we want we just got to go to old game shops and bargain with these these old men i hate doing that sweaty men i'll always remember the time we went to tacoma there was this retro Mm. shop in in the mall and um i was looking for an expansion pack and they had one for like 40 bucks or something like that it's not and like 40 bucks i was like hey man like why is this 40 bucks he's like oh that's market price and i'm like that's not market price expansion packs are like 20 bucks he's like no you look anywhere it's 40 bucks i'm like i will pull up in my phone right sure. now and prove to you that it is like 20 bucks and he fucking we, we was dying on that fucking <laughs> he's like, like i proved to you it's 20 bucks hang on i'm, gonna, I'm like all right i'm looking man. it up too what the fuck? it just it's so egregious so anyway <laughs> i mean like if we're talking about like the original expansion pack then yeah you can fucking try to upcharge that because it's like now collectors i'm item, talking right? about the one that the came aftermarket with donkey, the aftermarket ones yeah the one that came with donkey kong 64 no what i'm saying is that buying an original version yeah. of it like literally by nintendo sure that would be one where it's like people yeah. are gonna try but to it wasn't collectors. that yeah it was an aftermarket one <laughs> yeah he was trying to charge aftermarket no, no no you don't do that <laughs> let me ridiculous. let me look let me look i'm trying to look at these because these are yeah so like the original is like 60 bucks if you refine one mm-hmm. but people are like selling it with the box right like aftermarket I think it should be 20, 25. It should be. Anyway. Yeah. Um, I, I'll i bite for this um, if there is good word of mouth about it and if they actually do something with the catalog um, rather than just doing shitty ports because Nintendo has a... With their standard ports, they don't do a very good job. Like thinking back to the Super Mario 3D collection, which was just like... I did not enjoy how Super Mario 64 felt on that at all. This guy's um, trying to charge $60 for an aftermarket one. The people are insane. Get the fuck out of here. I get I get we're in a different landscape Gives you like these four days. megabytes of RAM. You yeah. know that? But yeah, we'll see what they add to it. We'll see if it brings any more value to their online. Honestly, I just, outside of that, I want to see them improve their online service as a whole if you're going to charge me more for it. Like actually start getting better voice chat functionality baked into your I online I too service. like to have impossible wishes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> of a company that will never do that. Back to a second wish. So yeah. What, wish Stop 9-11. One. No. Oh, Get yours. rid of all cancer. Yeah. Number two. Right. I want Nintendo to get their shit together and be on the level of their competitors and actually have like native online voice chat. It's pretty simple. Okay. Pretty simple. Okay. I mean, so is it that you want them to be on the level with their competitors or do you want them to just give you that voice chat? 
Yeah, you're right. They're never going to be on level with their competitors. Because, like, but, like, should Nintendo be that? I think that's the thing that I totally recognize where it's, like, I feel like it's folly to want them to be in lockstep with, like, next-gen consoles and stuff. They're, they're never going to do that because, they, one, they don't need to. Two, uh, that's never been their disposition. They're, they don't really consider themselves anything beyond a toy company, you know? They sell to kids. They make stuff for kids. They make things that are... Uh, profitable to them. Sure. I don't think we're ever going to get a fucking like PS5 quality console out of these guys. No, I'm not asking for a 4K yeah. Switch. Yeah, no, 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 no. I'm asking for simple quality of life shit that yeah. has been baked okay. into consoles for like a decade at this point. That I agree with. Yeah. I'm I not agree. asking them to make fucking Last of Us for the Nintendo Switch. <laughs> I'm asking them to just get their well, shit together. They did though. Kirby's newest adventure okay, is yeah. in the post-apocalypse <laughs> apparently. That's coming out. Yeah. That was a surprise. Kind of like an open world <laughs> yeah. like it almost reminded me of Nier Automata, sort some of. of the like level arenas and yeah. some of like the dilapidation of it. But yeah, yeah Kirby hits the apocalypse. Was it the, in the Forbidden Lands or something? Um, I have it down here. Something it is like Kirby. Yeah, Kirby in the Forgotten Land, coming spring twenty twenty two. Right on. That's a that's a heavy heavy uh, arena for gaming since all games got pushed to February. 2022 of 2022 <laughs> yeah. yeah oh man oh my goodness yeah looking through like this list as a whole like it From is just announcements for i don't know for nintendo direct like it, not everything has to be like fucking break the doors down right because they do these with like a lot of frequency between their mm-hmm. indie directs and their you know single franchise directs like pokemon direct mario direct whatever so i'm gonna blow your mind this is the first direct we've gotten in seven years Let's see how long he uh, he's just staring at me He's staring me down. Well, <laughs> no, it's been, it's probably been like a year or so uh, since there's been like a Nintendo Direct proper. Because they do get classified differently. Yet. Has it been a year since they announced uh, Metroid Dread? Because I remember the last one they did, they announced that game. That, oh, fuck. And then this one, they re-announced it. They they're, re-announced like, it. they're like, they're like, hey, it's still coming. It's, it's happening. Then again, you're like, how are you going to come at them? Fucking Sony showed Deathloop 700 times. 700 that's fair. Well, that's a game that you need to sell to people because they don't understand what it is. And even actually with all the marketing, we still yeah. don't really understand what yeah, it we'll, is. Yeah, we'll get into that later because I think but, some people were like, oh, it was so obvious what the game was. And I'm like, fuck you. No, no it wasn't. It really no, Well, it I mean, it was, but there was a part that was oversold that yeah, yes. was under underwhelming. The multiplayer it. part. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. For sure. Um, well, back to Nintendo. Yeah. I think if you're a Nintendo fan, this was very exciting. Was it? Yeah. Even Nintendo fans were like, this is exciting. Oh, look at that. Come I on, can't... dude. They got Bayonetta 3. Okay, so that was like that was an amazing announcement, Bayonetta yeah. three. Like that yeah. was vaporware for a long time. People sure. were like, oh yeah, yeah, we're gonna get Bayonetta three with no actual confirmation, and we got a reveal trailer with like actual gameplay, which was cool. Right. There's kaiju fights. It looks nice. It looks cool. Yeah, I've never played a Bayonetta. Uh, I played one. I played part one. Hmm. Uh, it's on. You can get the remastered collection. Part two locked on the Switch mm-hmm. <laughs> currently. Yeah. That, okay. So that's that's my thing. This this I'm, and I'm sorry. I'm sure this might sound like you know, especially to Nintendo heads, like this is you, you shouldn't even be talking. They're gonna be like, you shouldn't even be talking, Kevin. Don't even talk. But excuse here's, me. Here's my complaint. Excuse me. Yeah. We've been Nintendo fans since we were fucking wee lads. We've been with them through fucking like seven different console generations. Well, true. We can come at them however we want. But I always feel weird <laughs> because I feel like half the shit they do is dumb. And then it's like, but when I mention those things are dumb, people like fans come at me real hard. And I go, you know what? I'm, I'm going to stop saying things about Nintendo stuff, right? Well, it's because 
the thing about Nintendo, yeah, like like you previously said, they make fun games for kids. Their first party suite is awesome. Sure. I think they're doing great stuff in the Nindy space. Nindy's mm, chef kiss, beautiful. Love that for them. They they need to fix curation, but yeah. But oh, and they also need to fix how a lot of that curation is presented in their online shop. Their Got online some terrible shop menus, fucking, terrible fucking UI mess. Menu. But like. Outside of like their tentpole achievements as a like fucking console manufacturer and publisher and everything, they've done a lot of missteps. Yeah, uh, and like I don't I think everything that they've done is like amazing. Like you can always guarantee that a Mario <laughs> game is going to come out and it's going to be fucking like a good Mario game, but it doesn't. It hardly ever does anything different. Uh-huh. So it's like they they pride themselves on having these fucking mascots and. IPs that they basically just rehash the same ideas with every fucking generation. So sure, you know, sure. I wouldn't even come at them that hard. I did because uh, I think their games are fine. I think their technology is whatever, right? So that that leads me to my point. I was watching the trailer for Bayonetta three, and I was like, "This is hype. This is exciting. I wish like hell I could play this on a four K console. Yeah, I wish like hell I could play this in sixty frames per second. Okay, I'm sorry, but that like it's an action game, kinetic action game, lots of colors, lots of stuff going on." I'd rather play it on my fucking PlayStation. I'm sorry. Like, can, I don't want to play it on the Switch. Things can, look like look really bad on my on my TV on the Switch. Yeah. Like, I showed you Monster Hunter Rise. It does not look good. Looks terrible. I was like, what's going on here? <laughs> they have the pass of a lot of their games looking very stylistic. Mm. And that, like, colors pop in different ways with those sort of games. And I, I am of the camp that not every game needs to be, like, fucking mocap. My, my characters don't need to look like living, breathing people. Like, that's not no. my problem. No. But a lot of their games do not look graphically impressive. Like, some of them look like they're still chugging along at, like, fucking 720p, 920p. I, I, I would come less at the graphics and just more at, like, the stability and stuff. Like, I was the thinking... frame rate resolution, like they, yeah. Remember when they showed off, uh, I guess there was a season pass or something coming to Age of Calamity? Mm-hmm. Age of Calamity runs like dog shit it on does. the Switch. Runs terribly. And I'm like, damn, this is like one of their fucking, you know benchmark characters and ips and it's like this is how they like released it i was like nah but then you look at a game like project eve right which is kind of similar in vain to bayonetta sure with like some of the gameplay style and how the colors pop and i'm like damn i wish bayonetta like would look like that yeah (laughs) sorry i i'll give them some slack it's always hard watching a stream of a stream of a stream yeah with these nintendo directs versus like actually playing it natively on console or seeing like an actual just fully like res tra- like trailer mm-hmm. there's a lot of decompression and shit that happens with that so like it's it's bound to look better than what we saw but it's still not like doesn't look groundbreakingly mm. good mm-hmm. um but the game looks cool game looks i will cool. give it that game looks cool but yeah i do wish i could play that on my playstation i don't i don't know yeah we're just we're, we're um we're snobby daniel you know it's about the game 30 frames that's good enough it was good enough for my grandfather it's good enough for my father <laughs> Why do I need 60? Hell, Xbox is coming out here with 120? Yeah. Oh, whoa. I'm sorry, Mr. Musk. I, I can't afford the Empire Suite today. I need to go to the Holiday Inn. Hey, be easy on Elon. Okay? He just lost his girl. Oh, did he? Yeah, him and Grimes broke up. No, yeah. no way. Oh, what happened? I don't know. I guess they couldn't agree on the kid's name or how to pronounce it. God yeah. damn. Maybe she jailbroke a Tesla 
And that was like the last yeah, straw. She, she jailbroke a Tesla to play like Dark Souls on it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Didn't want to play fucking Angry Bird or whatever it was. So like I don't really need like 4K like 120p for like a lot of games in terms of like frame rate and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, 60 Maybe. like 60 like I can. I need fish, 60. I can understand that. Sure. But anything below that is like uh, yeah. 2021. Come on. Come on, man. Come on. Come on, man. But Bayonetta. I will jump in. I will get it. I have no frame yeah. of reference for the series, and I know she has a hair suit, and she's cool, <laughs> and she wears heels. That's about it. You just you just uh, described my ideal woman. Yeah. Hair suit, heels, cool. So a mm. lot of the other stuff on here, like, y- you said this was great for Nintendo fans. I feel like sure. a lot of the rest of this could have been tweets or an email, to be honest. Like, um, something like Disco Elysium, the final cut, coming to, you know, Switch, digital and physical. Good game. Could have just been a tweet. Probably. Yeah, it didn't really need to be. Or it could have just been a quick, like, sizzle reel thing of, like, bop, 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 But I get why they would do it. Yeah. Like, eyes on, man. You know? Like, that's... Everyone's looking at it. Right? These directs are high visibility marketing. Sure. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. Sure. Looking at some of the other stuff. Chocobo GP. Ah. I like that we're going through this, even though we said we wouldn't. Looks bad. No, so <laughs> here are the, the, the few things that I do want to talk about, these last kind of three things. Um, for a direct, right, high visibility. It's it's a showcase, so like I would hope they come strong with stuff. There were two aspects that I thought they were going to dive into that they kind of just teased. Um, one of them was for Smash Brothers, Super mm-hmm. Smash Brothers Ultimate. Uh, final Mr. Sakurai Presents is coming on October 5th, mm-hmm. 2021. I appreciate that they want to give it its own kind of like thing to breathe because Ultimate is like this big thing in gaming, especially for Nintendo. It's like this big pinnacle fighting, you know, collection and it's amazing. But like, I almost wish they like wouldn't have teased it there because it's like, well, what what the fuck? All right. You're getting me excited for something next week. Hmm. And then same thing with the Animal Crossing thing. We're like, okay, Animal Crossing update is coming, but we're going to do an Animal Crossing direct for it. Oh, is that what they announced yeah. for that? Okay, because I wasn't sure what they were showing off. Yeah, there's a free content update coming yeah. uh, in November 2022. That's not right. That has to be November 2021. <laughs> but they're, they're, they're doing... No, that sounds real. <laughs> yeah, but they're doing like an Animal Crossing style direct for that too. Or it's like, uh, okay. Okay, cool. Yeah, I don't think I care. Yeah, and it's like those things, you could have just pulled those out entirely but but no i feel like animal crossing fan because that's the thing they, they're doing these pulse checks because the fans are going to ask nonetheless right and they're not going to be savvy and like go to the twitter account and be like did they say something about about smash brothers you know um i i, I think it's okay for them to just say like here's a status update real mm-hmm. quick you know eyes on man everyone's there <sighs> i don't know okay it's, I, no, I think you do know. You don't like it. <laughs> well, it's just one of those things where it's like, oh, okay, cool, I guess. Yeah. yeah. I wish you would have just filled that like 60 seconds to, you know, two minutes with something else. Sure. Showcase another game. Showcase something else. Or just cut the runtime of the showcase. I don't know. I, I it like, just felt like filler for filler. Sake. I will say this. I like the transparency of at least saying, hey, we're working on something for this. Mm-hmm. Like, we're not just going to backpedal it and have you like, putting out angry tweets going motherfuckers didn't even mention smash what the fuck you know yeah like it's like they at least said like hey by the way we're gonna do a thing but it's gonna be a bigger thing than what we're stuffing in here mm-hmm. i thought that was fine sure that's okay okay that's fine. different schools of thought i get what's wrong with that though because again like i said not everyone's gonna go to fucking twitter to like figure out whether or not there's a like a smash announcement in fact they'll probably assume that there isn't i don't know however you want to cut it right yeah i don't think it's a waste of time to just say like you know 
hey, <laughs> we will be doing a thing for this. Stay tuned for it, right? Because it's like, it is literally announcements in a row. It doesn't always have to correlate to here's literally a brand new thing every single time or here's here's a full-fledged trailer for sure. sure. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, I think that's fine. It, it's, it's hard, right, across <laughs> these, like, showcases and digital imprint style things like direct state of plays mm. uh xbox inside xbox whatever the fuck that thing's called mm. never remember what it's called where the the publisher and the company itself like they dictate the format of it right we have in our heads what these things should be what we hope they're gonna be year right. of dreams every yeah, single time exactly we think they're gonna be bigger than they are and yeah you know the thing is like they set the expectations with them more and more which is nice for something like this they set the expectation of this is stuff coming in you know winter slash like 2022 and i'm like cool that's great yeah give me stuff more aligned with that like don't tease me like mr sakurai's final sakurai thing coming next week you're gonna get the real thing there but we just said we're gonna we're gonna do it here but it's gonna be there and it's sure i can see that yeah i just you'd rather they say nothing at all and just do the thing yes exactly okay because like for me like it it just felt like filler Mm because outside of that like there were maybe four big announcements and it's just like how do we drip feed nintendo fans to keep their interest throughout this whole thing sure i was mostly bored watching this i never have any expectations walking to nintendo direct because i just don't care about the nintendo ecosystem that not that much to Mm -hmm. ever get disappointed so everything's always like oh hey there might be something for me here right um and so I yeah like, i have a different like perspective on on that and i probably. like that though like yeah. the fact that there's potential for there to be mm. something for everybody right right and i get it like we're no longer the target audience for nintendo right i don't mean to come at them like so hard for like you know this direct like because they've definitely done directs where i'm like oh this is amazing you said they wasted your fucking time <laughs> <laughs> i said i was bored <laughs> but yeah no so we're not like the full target audience for it no. and that's totally cool also we're not as much we're not as big nintendo fans as we used to we still love certain it shows splatoon i know you don't movies. care about that that was a big deal for a lot of people that, yeah that was and i mean deal. it looks it looks cool but again it's not something i'm gonna play i don't like splatoon they also like announced uh a date for what is now what triangle strategy yeah I'm like, okay, that's cool. What's your triangle strategy? It's the dumbest fucking name. What are you talking about, so, dude? So stupid. What do you want? Octagon strategy? Do you want hexagon strategy? Do you want rhombus? <laughs> do you want a parallelogram planner? <laughs> what do you want? What do you want, man? It's a perfect game. Yeah. I don't know. As, as a whole, like, I understand who this is for. You know, it's... I understand the the approach of it. I don't always agree with it. I don't always agree with Nintendo's tactics. Am I a sucker bitch for some of the things they do? Mm-hmm. Yes. Did I line up outside of a GameStop to buy a Zelda, uh, a new console for one Zelda game? Sure did. You both did. How often do I touch my Switch? Not very often. But you know, like there are things how often that... do you touch yourself? At least once a day, maybe once a day? twice sometimes. Depending. Sometimes they get in the morning. Sometimes yeah. at night. Yeah, it's like a like, little mm-hmm. sandwich for your day. Like, gotta mm-hmm. start the day, end the day. Like an end, like a end cap, day cap. I don't know. I touch myself twice a day. Okay. I touch myself. Oh man, that'd be awesome. If they started playing like that song in the middle of Nintendo Direct, <laughs> <laughs> or during like one of the scenes yeah. in the Mario movie. Oh yeah, yeah. dude. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Talk about a Joy Taylor. Oh wow. Anyway. Anyway. Well, I think that's all we have to say about the Nintendo Direct. Castlevania. Oh, yeah. Castlevania Advance Collection. <laughs> uh, day and date release. 20 bucks. I'll pick it up probably soon. There's only really one good game out of that collection. Yeah. People will defend Circle of the Moon? No, it's not Circle of the Moon. It's something of the Moon. Whatever it is. 
they'll defend that to to the ground. Mm-hmm. They're wrong. These people are wrong. It is it is only Ari of Sorrow, okay, that you should be picking up and touching. You know what I'm saying? All right, looks cool. Ari of Sorrow. I will say this too, uh, which was announced right after Act Razor Renaissance, which yeah, is kind of like that? a remaster remake of like the original Act Razor game. I don't know what Act Razor. I is. don't know what it is either, but it looked cool as like in terms of like a hack and slash. Sure, like and then luck. you have this overworld thing going on too. Yeah. All right. Oh, and uh, Yoko Taro has a new game. Yes. It is called Voice of Cards. It's the about, Isle Dragon Roars. It's about cards. Yeah. So I will never play that. <laughs> I just wanted to mention it. Imran Khan of yeah. uh, Fanbyte did a tweet. I think it was like, I don't know, maybe earlier this year, like a few months ago. But he's like, he kind of, he came up with like a mock document for like a Nintendo Direct leak. And he's like, Guard game. But it's a card game. It's called Draken Card. <laughs> <laughs> and he, he's like, there's no way I predicted this. And that's basically what it ended up being. Draken Card. Like a fucking Yoko Taro card game. Oh, my God. Well, I won't. Yeah, that's yeah. not my style. But that's okay. Well, Nintendo Power. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let's switch gears because we spent way too much time talking about a Direct that we said we wouldn't talk about. So we wouldn't talk long. about that Direct. We talked about Direct. Um, defending Nintendo was weird. It was a weird. Yeah. Yeah. Well, are you okay? I don't know. I mean, you've been exercising more. You've been taking fucking fish pills. Got that elliptic. Yeah. <laughs> need those fish pills, man. So I'm missing those fatty fish acids. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you're starting to become a little bit of a Nintendo fan. Yeah. Oh, I get all I'm those a, toxins. I'm out a of your huge body. Nintendo fan. Yeah. Oh, uh, it's not the frame rate that matters. It's the quality of the game. Oh. Oh. What happened? Ugh. Did I say that? Oh, Wrong. <laughs> Bad. Bad. So to jump into the play segment here, we got, I think, three new games we kind of want to yes. talk about, right? Video games. Video games. I'm only playing one of these games. You're playing all three kind of simultaneously. All the video games. All the video games. Um, let us start with the game that we're both going to eat okay. crow on here. Oh, no. That we've talked about for a few episodes and we've talked shit about. And we actually talked okay. shit about it on our last episode. Talked a lot of shit about it. But we've been playing <laughs> Arcane Lions Deathloop. <laughs> <laughs> A game that we both have rolled our eyes out, eyes out of our head over for multiple occasions, multiple okay. conferences, yeah. and things like, oh, this, sure we're not interested in this, no. this game at all. Yeah, you never get me to buy this. And I <laughs> chomped at the bit first, sure. actually. I was hearing a lot of the, the press um, impressions, the media, the game's media space reviews. You and, were influenced. But yeah, no, there was just some some rave uh, reviews and, and word of mouth, and I'm like, okay, yeah, all right, I'm, I'm liking what I'm hearing about it. It kind of set the game apart from some of the marketing that was kind of confusing about it. And I was like, all right, cool. It's contentious. Yeah. You get your smarty pants out there. They're like, oh, no, you should have been paying attention. The marketing displayed everything about the game perfectly. And I was like, Here, here's what the marketing did. The marketing sold this game as a spy versus spy multiplayer game. Mm-hmm. And it is not. There it has is, multiplayer. There is, yeah, like a PvP player invaded online portion of it. Where but it's a tertiary people- element of the game. It is yes. not the main through line of the game. No, they make it seem like it's a main story point. And nope. do not get us wrong about it. The character that is the other spy in this case, like, is a main character in the game that you have story beats with and mm-hmm. is pretty integral to the overall narrative. But, like, outside of that, yeah, the spy versus spy elements, kind of lackluster. Yep. But the 
the thing that they pushed in the marketing was like the idea of it being this kind of play as you will like stealth action game and i think the marketing delivered on that sure um and also like pushing some of the style in the forefront kind of creating this new like 60s inspired world with this new loop mechanic and all this stuff and so i think like they they tried to sell that in ways but Mm -hmm. selling it and and seeing it in like kind of uh over redundant like trailers and showcases is one thing and then getting your hands on it is like a completely different experience i I feel yeah it's one of those games that demands to be played to be understood that i I don't think any level of marketing would have really really like nailed home like what's going on in the game yeah um besides just playing it for a couple hours yeah imagine that yeah (laughs) and i would say even playing it for a couple hours is maybe unfair to the whole experience because like the the first like one to three hours of it are kind of like a tutorial setup yeah and it's you don't really start to fly with the game until like hour three or four. Sure. Um, once you kind of get to be a little more free roamy with it. Yeah. But, so so what's the setup of this game? What's what is Death Loop? So Death Loop is the newest game from Arcane Lion. They are known for games like Prey, um, Dishonored One and Two, which sure. are kind of like first person stealth action games. Um, a lot of their design philosophy for those games is you know approaches you will you can stealth kill your way through an entire area you can use guns and powers and all this other stuff um so a lot of that dna is present and carried over um from those franchises to this and i would describe it as kind of like a a marriage of like first person shooter games like frenetic first person mm-hmm. shooter games like wolfenstein uh that are kind of in the same bethesda catalog meets bioshock in in some elements meets like yeah dishonored it's it's very stylish it's very high octane um depending on how you choose to approach it and the idea of the game is you play as this main character named colt vaughn you wake up on an island and you kind of have like a hangover and you're like what the fuck is going on and you're like man must have had a crazy night and the game kind of like starts drip feeding you the overall narrative of like okay i'm on this island called black reef something happened here there's a person kind of talking at me through this comms who's like kind of playing that they're going to kill me and hunt me and stuff and that's kind of weird but you get the sense as you play through it that like everybody on the island is kind of out to get you that like you are public enemy number one um and then as it goes on you learn okay cool well there's an idea of a loop present i die and then the whole cycle restarts you wake up on the island ad nauseum continue it becomes one of these things where as the game goes on you're trying to unravel the mystery of black reef like what happened there what is the aeon program why are we here why is why is this loop happening what what is the anomaly that caused all this and it, it's an interesting drip feed of mystery and world building and lore that kind of feeds into this greater experience that arcane's created i think it's a it's a fascinating game in a Mm. lot of layers there are elements where like the sums are just they they soar and you look at the product as a whole you're like yeah this is this is pretty good it's not like amazing it's not a master class like everybody's saying it is like a lot of the reviews are like yeah it's a 10 out of 10 master class game and i'm just like it's it is good i think maybe the people who really liked arcane games or maybe because we had a drought of a year and we haven't had a first-person shooter like this, mm-hmm. people are hungry for that new-new, and it sticks out like very boldly in people's minds as like very stylistic and very fun, and you know it's got all these very very cool elements to it. But the main idea of of the game is like as you unravel the mystery, um, you through interplay with Juliana, who is the the female character in the spy versus spy element, who's hunting you and kind of like chiding you and fucking around with you the whole time you learn through her that you have to basically set up and kill these seven visionaries um 
think of them as like the big bads of the island um, across these four different zones and to break, the lords of cinder the lords of cinder and to, to break this loop and basically be free of it and get off the island mm-hmm. you have to kill all seven of them in one day cycle right. and the day cycles are broken into uh, morning noon afternoon and evening and you have these day cycles across four different areas fristed rock carl's bay uh, the complex, and then Updom. They're yeah. four very distinct areas. And the cool thing about those areas, and I think this is where the design kind of shines for me with it, where if you go to, like, say, Updom during the morning versus going at, at night, it's very different. The enemy layouts are very different. Uh, some things are inaccessible. Some visionaries might be there in one part of the that aren't in the other part. Um, and it creates, like, this just really interesting kind of variation of play and approach. And you can dictate a lot of that, too, by forcing certain characters to go to certain areas during like certain times of the day mm. or choosing to go to one place in the morning versus at night. Um, it is once you get past the tutorial section of like, OK, what's actually going on here? You kind of are given the freedom to like approach and do like whatever you want. Um, and I think in that approach, it becomes very fun. My, my impressions of it, like I think it's. It's a pretty good first-person shooter in elements. Um, I think a lot of the guns feel, like, good enough. Um, I think the designs of the weapons, like, when you're looking at them, like, they, they're fucking gorgeously, like, animated. A lot of detail to them. But I didn't really feel like I needed to play with guns half the time. Like, I honestly felt like I could accomplish most of my kills with just knives. Hmm. Like, just fucking going behind somebody and knifing them to death. But, again, that's how I chose to approach it sometimes, and that's kind of the the freedom that Arcane's like, trying to push people to have with it, where it's, like... It was the creative design lead. He was kind of, like, bothered, because people were asking, like, how am I supposed to play this game? Like, I don't understand, like, how... Like, what am I... How do you want me to play this? With your hands. Well, with your hands and however you want. There is no one way to play Deathloop, which is kind of interesting. And I want to break away from the fact that, like, people might associate this with, like, roguelites, right? Like, in, like, Returnal or Hades, where, like, you have your runs, um, you die, and you reset, and you have nothing to show for it. This game, it it is a loop game in in name, but in approach, it's very different. Um, You basically have three lives uh, per run, we'll say, through the day parts. Um, And it, it resets every time you go to a new zone too Mm -hmm. so like say you start in one area in the morning you have your three lives maybe you go down to one you hit the tunnels you go to the next area and it resets so like it's very generous with how many lives and and chances you get um and even uh killing uh juliana resets your reprise uh which allows you to have more lives and, and chances but there's a carryover of information and weapons that you can actually carry between loop cycles, which is nice. Mm. The, um, there's a resource you need to get to allow that um, called Residuum. But once you like learn that aspect of the story and you learn, oh, I can infuse my weapons so I don't lose this shotgun that I really like or the sniper light rifle that I really like. It's, it allows you to start building your loadouts and decks in, in really uh, like interesting ways. But yeah, I think it's I think it's a lot of fun. Um, it's a very addicting game, um, and if it wasn't such a high polish, like high quality game, I probably would have jumped off. Because like as a whole, like I don't, I don't think mm, I don't know. It's tough to say. Yeah, yeah. I think I think a lot of what works for me with is just how buttery and, and good the gameplay feels. Just buttery game. Huh? Yeah. Um. What What are your? Well, we'll just kind of peel apart the layers of the gameplay. What do you think? Like now that you've had your hands on it, like do you feel like it? It is a a solid gameplay experience. 
Um, do you like the gunplay? Do you like the stealth? Stuff of that nature. I like the game. I don't love it. Yeah. Like, that. that's what I got into it. There's a lot of things. Um, I, I think I have a similar thought in that uh, there's a lot of parts that I really enjoy, but mm-hmm. the holistic experience itself I'm just kind of okay with. Yeah. And it, what's funny is, like, I can listen to people that are really into the game and think it is a masterclass in design and think Arcane can do no wrong. Mm-hmm. And... I like I can't disagree with the things that they're pointing out as being good. Mm-hmm. I just think it doesn't always flow well into itself. Mm-hmm. Some of it's overwhelming and some of it gets boring. So but going through the loop and again and again and then sometimes where it's um to do like a whole day like a day cycle, mm-hmm. let's say like one of the four day cycles and only get like a code mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's like that's what your whole run was is is kind of dull. Like it yeah. gets a little dull where I'm just like, "Ah, you know." And it, it gets more interesting when there's more things to accomplish across the different areas across time. And it, it does feel nice where it's like, I'm doing something in the morning. I'm doing something at noon, doing yeah. something in the afternoon. It feels good. But sometimes the runs are literally just all you had to do was kill this guy to go get a fucking note. Yeah. And you might as well reset the cycle kind of thing. And it, it doesn't yeah. engage me as much. Now, Watching you play it a yeah. lot of times, you're like, what am I supposed to be doing here? Yeah. And that is kind of the confusion at first where like the first two to three hours it's a very funneled experience of Mm -hmm. what the game wants you to do where it's like we need you to kind of follow these breadcrumbs to get to the point where you can spill out and now that you know what juliana needs you to do or what she's kind of egging you on to do kill all the visionaries then you're like oh cool well now i know how to do that or now i know that like that's what i need to do but then when you're set Mm -hmm. off to do it you're like wait how do i actually do this because the the narrative and story beats aren't like very like chronological like you can fucking I think we approach the game very differently, like where I probably took on different visionaries first than you did and went to different areas mm-hmm. and learned different areas like very differently. Um, and that's kind of the cool water cooler conversation of it. But like it is overwhelming when you spill out and you're like, well, I don't know how I'm supposed to do any of this. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the what the game expects you to do is follow things called like leads. Um, you have your visionary leads to basically figure out like how do I learn more about like Charlie, who's one of the visionaries or Fia? And, you know, how do I basically learn her ins and outs? How do I learn how to get her to a certain area so I can kill her like differently than, you know, the game initially presents itself. And you have to follow those. Otherwise the game becomes very aimless. Mm-hmm. Um, you can and get then, it ambled pretty yeah. quickly. And then same with the arsenal leads, which is like, same idea, you're following clues, but you're basically trying to set out and find weapons. Mm-hmm. So, but I derailed you. Go yep. on. <laughs> so it does have the roguelike feel of like, I'm trying to accomplish something maybe on this run, which yeah. is nice. But I, I like the idea instead of it being like, oh, um, uh, I, I just want to get to the end of the level or have it be like a skill check thing. Because yeah. this game's easy. Yes. It, it can get overwhelming, like especially in the night cycles when there's a lot of enemies and when they go on high alert, you can get down pretty quickly because uh, your health ain't shit. Mm-hmm. But you eventually get perks uh, that can up that, which is nice. But um, it the AI is really dumb. They just mm-hmm. kind of just stand there ready to get killed. And it almost makes it seem like this is a first-person shooter built by people that don't care about first-person shooters, Mm -hmm. and they're making it for an audience of people that don't traditionally play first-person shooters. Mm -hmm. Like, there's no real challenge to the shooting mechanics. Comparing it to stuff like Wolfenstein, I'm like, yeah, it it, it, it might look like it, but it doesn't have that same challenge or crunch or even thought philosophy for how that should go it's more about just exploring the environment and getting to the end and mm-hmm. and like you could tell like the designers are much more into this idea of like oh uh pushing the visionaries to certain places at certain time of day is like a much more fascinating thing for them to code into the game than like 
cool kills and shit like that. Well, you yeah, know? that was kind of their their <clears throat> initial plot idea for the game and kind of building around it where they wanted to make a basically like a, a game version of Clue. They were mm-hmm. like, we want to make a clue, like, murder, mystery, figure out how to do this sort of game. Yeah. Le- and, like, again, like, how they chose to approach that is, like, merging all these elements. But, like, they're not a, a school of, like, first-person shooter no, people, you know? No, so. so it definitely doesn't have that same kind of... Like, if you're looking for a challenging shooter, like, this isn't really that. No. It's... it's um, you're playing with so many other different parts of the game, much more so than killing people. Because, honestly, it gets to be almost uh muscle memory because you know eventually enemies show up in exactly Mm -hmm. the same spots so it's just like go up do that fucking instant kill kill this guy but you do get cool perks and stuff which is neat like i i end up uh using so you get these power-ups uh what are they called again the slabs yeah they're called slabs yeah your initial slab is the one that gives you the death loop which Mm -hmm. is basically i have three chances before i die for good yeah uh three fries yeah you get new ones such as the one that can link people's deaths together yeah nexus nexus if they're in the vicinity of each other and you kill one of them after like using it on one of the enemies Mm -hmm. they'll all go down the same way which is really cool and very useful yeah uh but i did it's interesting with your bioshock comparison Mm -hmm. i think this game has one of the same problems that i didn't like from bioshock infinite Mm -hmm. with the vigors which was the difference between bioshock one and going into infinite Mm -hmm. was that you can have vigors and they were fun in combat and whatnot Mm -hmm. but they're just kind of like window dressing they don't further how you engage with the The world the world or and it doesn't help you like unlock clues or anything right yeah and it's almost like i wish it the game has the basis where it could be a little metroidvania where it's like Mm -hmm. i'm going back to areas with a new power to use but they flip that concept too you're going back to areas with information yeah that's your unlock in this and i think that's cool yeah i i wish it utilized those elements a bit more mm-hmm. but i do like certain things such as and i think all roguelikes should have shit like this by the way which mm-hmm. is i i get a residium currency eventually that mm-hmm. i can harvest from random items in the game and bodies and enemies and at the uh when i reset or at the end of a level i can actually imbue different weapons or perks with residium mm-hmm. So I can keep them on further runs. Yeah. That's a cool fucking conceit. I wish Returnal had shit like that. Yes. Like that, that. I was like, yeah, that's really neat. Well, so there are a lot of great ideas here, right? Mm-hmm. But overall, AI is stupid as shit. They're, they they feel like early PS3 first person shooter yeah. where they're just like, did you hear that sound? No. I'm not going to turn around at all. <laughs> I'm going to let you kill me. The way they start the game, too, with like kind of tutorializing the AI is like they make it seem like they're going to be smarter than they yeah. actually are. Because I think you have the option to hover your cursor um or your reticle rather over the enemy and press up or down on the d-pad and it tells you something about them or stopped using that yeah or it's like oh they like to use knives yeah. or oh this one's crazy yeah, it means nothing it literally means nothing yeah. and like over time you learn oh the ai is very stupid they have their set fucking walking patterns you kill like one it doesn't really do much to alert others. No, you can kill somebody right next to somebody yeah. behind them and they will not turn around. There are markers above the enemy's heads mm. that kind of start, like, think like Assassin's Creed where it's like, okay, you're next to somebody and, like, it's like this little thing where it starts to kind of, like, light up and then it hits a question mark of, like, somebody being, like, curious, like, wait, did I hear something? Mm-hmm. And then when it becomes an exclamation mark, it's like, they're on high alert. They're fucking setting off alarms or they're letting people know. Yeah. But, like, it's not as intuitive or, like, as smartly designed as it could be. No. Um, 
It's a struggle of balance because yeah. you can tell that uh, Arcane probably got a little self-conscious about the idea of like, well, we're asking players to manage four different discrete areas mm-hmm. on each run. And if we were just fucking absolutely demolishing them yeah. in one of these areas because the AI was more clever than just standing still, maybe people will get pissed off or not sure. get through it or whatever. I, I don't know. I I There's no difficulty choice as far mm-hmm. as I'm aware. No. So that's where it's kind of like, oh, it would have been cool if there was like a hard mode or something to mm-hmm. to make me a little more careful. Because like right now, hell, I watch some of your runs. You don't give a shit if, if you're like on alert status. You just keep on running. Yeah. You just run through the whole fucking <laughs> level because you can do that because they go, what was that? Uh, nothing. Yeah. <laughs> like it's dumb. The only time I try and be very careful with it is like when I'm getting close to an area that a visionary is housed within. Yeah. Um, and I don't want to set off the enemies that are around them. Uh, so, so for comparison... The bosses are called visionaries. The normal-ass enemies are called eternalists. Sure. Um, And I don't want to alert the eternalists that I'm there because they'll usually set off an alarm that puts the area in lockdown and it it can fuck things up. So usually I run high health or a level and then I stealth my way through that next portion. And that's where you get a little creative with it. And I like Mm. that approach of like, shit, how am I going to do this? Am I going to use my Aether Slab ability, which makes me invisible to like kind of like slowly walk through an area and kind of be undetected? Am I going to use my Shift Slab ability, which lets me kind of teleport? You know, like Mm -hmm. how am I going to approach this? Right. It ends up being more about exploring the levels than it is about the combat itself. And Mm -hmm. like you pointed out too, um, I have the reverse complaint about what I had with Doom Eternal, where mm-hmm. Doom Eternal forced you to use every weapon in your mm-hmm. weapon wheel. This game, you can get away with just one. Yeah. You can get the whole game. I use the same fucking rifle, one-shot mm-hmm. rifle. I put a perk on it where it has fast reload, so you don't even see the animation. It just goes off screen, and yep. then it comes back reloaded. That. And I've been using that the entire game, because the game is like, no one, no one's giving me more trouble than anything. Mm-hmm. The only time I get in trouble is when I put a visionary in alert, like you said. That's the only time. Yeah, but even that, it's like, the visionaries themselves aren't ever really too hard either nope they're just like the eternalist with maybe double health yep. and the thing so we didn't really talk about this portion but all the visionaries have a slab yeah they all have of, of their own for the most part there's a few that don't um and that's how you get them initially by beating the bosses you get their slab for the first time and then you basically are like cool now i have abilities to take them on in different ways um, so, you know, somebody like Fia might have Havoc, which makes her, like, absorb, you know, damage and do more damage output. And mm-hmm. that, that's really it. Like, they're not, like, particularly challenging. Um, sometimes no. they get dummy locked into, like, an animation where it's like, oh, they're just running into a wall. So yeah. I can just fucking kill them. Or they them accidentally anyway. kill themselves. Or they accidentally kill that themselves. That happens a bunch, <laughs> which is um, funny, but, you know. So, yeah, I, I wish there was a bit more challenge yeah. with that because, like, I've had so many encounters with visionaries where I've just come up behind them and broke their neck. Yep. And just fucking stealth, stealth like, crack their neck Mm -hmm. even with the juliana invasions where like she's coming at me hard i find sometimes my best method is to get up in her face and just knife her to death yeah i've done that it's quicker to do that than try and shoot her as she's fucking phasing through her ability sets right i don't know like i i wish like i found a weapon or two that i really liked and i didn't really find myself needing to challenge myself and choose anything else beyond that i found the rapier i really liked it i found a fucking kind of a legendary uh rifle which is cool Mm -hmm. um i actually do like that that the the weapons have different um rarities about them Uh so you have your like your standards your rares your epics your legendaries but yeah i found this legendary rifle and i'm like i'm not going to use anything except this because this is fucking powerful i haven't needed to yeah because the enemies never make me do that there's no like there's no more solid enemies that show up or anything it's all just the same 
blathering idiots yeah. <laughs> that are standing in place or are getting drunk. Yeah. <laughs> They're sitting there getting drunk and sometimes they kill themselves. Yeah. Which my, is fun. My favorite bit about the world and yeah. I, I do want to talk about the story and kind of the lore bit is that sure. like these eternalists like are just fucking they know they're in a loop they know they're gonna die anyway mm-hmm. so they just spend the whole time partying and getting drunk yeah and like the last set piece you go to that you're designed to go to really is um up dom there's a party that one of the visionaries alexis is throwing and it's like literally all the eternalists just getting smashed mm-hmm. people are jumping off the cliff they're fucking doing jesus dives off a cliff they're just <laughs> fucking getting rowdy and like it's just it's it's interesting to see but like with that like they become very easy to take out you sure. know because uh, they're not paying attention half the time it's oh yeah they're really they're stupid. real dumb but uh yeah i i like the story a lot i like uh one of my favorite things in games is when there's naturalistic voice acting mm-hmm. in it um rather than you know like tales of arise is very stilted voice acting because yeah. they're doing the whole i'm an anime person announcing my feelings and it's yeah. like no this is like cole feels like a living person yeah. so does juliana their pit for pat is fun juliana gets fucking annoying sometimes she though does. Like, it's just like, ugh, stop. <laughs> uh, but uh, overall, like, I like I like their um, dynamic mm-hmm. through it. And the visionaries are fun, but most for the most part, they're just fucking sociopaths and egomaniacs screaming yeah. about random bullshit. That's the thing, too. Like, so the idea of, like, Blackreath and what happened is, like, it was a kind of like a military colony founded in, like, the 1930s. Spoilers, perhaps. And Igor, he's one of the visionaries, he decided to just kind of start doing experiments there. And he kind of stumbled across something called an anomaly, which creates the loop that they're kind mm-hmm. of all stuck within. Um, and then he kind of starts recruiting um, eight other people to be a part of it that yeah. like you discover along the way that like you know colt was a part of same with juliana um but these other visionaries are like either egoists or uh artists or scientists yeah um and they're just held in a different acclaim um, they're all narcissists yeah they're that's, all narcissists that's, that's their main thing which is really <laughs> funny like and there there there's a lot of humor to the story yeah. right and then i like the aesthetic as well of this um late 60s early 70s kind of vibrancy because mm-hmm. that's technically when they got stuck in the loop yeah and um it's 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 very interesting i think the writing is fun i think um i agree with you it's hard where the story is because it's messing with time Mm -hmm. the story is given you in like they basically have to write it out in ways where it stands by itself Mm -hmm. rather than it being like in a row and some Mm -hmm. of my favorite bits is when the game actually does say like hey no 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 no. we're gonna show you some like we're gonna get you on the rails a little bit (laughs) to like push you through some of the story stuff which is nice but then when you get back out into the open it's like okay i'm either seeing the same bits over and over again or Mm -hmm. i'm I'm learning drip feed stuff out of context that makes you more confused. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Until it starts to piece together. Yeah. So like I I applaud Arcane for like their design philosophy, their structure, like a lot of what they did creatively with this game, but I feel like some of the decisions undermine the narrative structure. Yeah. Where it's like the lore drops and finding out who the visionaries are is cool. And I like that, you know, maybe I approach, you know, this character differently than you did. But I feel like there are main story beats that should have happened in a very scripted, like, manner that you were supposed to hit at, like, you know, hour one or hour five. Yeah. Right? Clean away. There is a particular story reveal that you can find at any point if you choose to pursue it first or last. Uh And I feel like depending on when you discover this, this, um, it's, it's a visionary lead that you have to follow through. Um, if you do it in hour one, it takes a lot of the oomph out of like the reveal of the story. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas like I ended up just saving it for last somehow. And I'm like, Oh, this is cool to kind of find out at like in the final hour. Yeah. Um, and it, it kind of undermines a little bit of itself. It would be like finding out uh, like 
the Bioshock reveals in the opening hours versus finding them out at the end of the game when you should, when the climax is happening. Yeah, for sure. So, like, you have this main thing, and it's like, oh, if I find out early, it's like, well, that wasn't very climatic. Now I know who this person is. So So, kind of a drawback to how the the story is kind of fed to the player. But otherwise, it's like, I really like the world. Mm -hmm. I I like the design. I like that each visionary has their own playground, essentially. You know, very very vibey to what they do like charlie has an entire fun house that's like a an ar game that you have mm-hmm. to walk through basically because yeah, he's a game designer and he's like i'm mm-hmm. gonna set up like it reminds me of going to like laser quest laser quest yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure it is yeah. it's really cool but yeah like, of the things i really like in the game I, mm-hmm. I do like using the powers and as dumb as ai is it's always funny to fucking like get them in a one-shot kill with mm-hmm. the machete from yeah. like dropping down on a roof or something like that. Yeah. That, that those are great stuff that's or great kicking them off of a cliffside oh the kick is amazing the kick is like the bread and butter yeah all oh games need a kick god you know what i'm saying all games need a kick remember that <laughs> all games need a kick all games need a kick i love the design of the kick too yeah um because i watched the no clip documentary that they did with one of the creative design leads mm-hmm. where we talked about this before like off air and i think it's just fascinating that like the kick was actually designed out of their their multiplayer where they were coming up with like okay well when colt and juliana face off like how are we going to do this mechanically you know they played around with like parry ideas and whatnot and it wasn't working out because like the host player is always going to be colt and you're always hosting the invader and they found that the whoever played as Colt had better latency and mm-hmm. kind of feedback in the moment. And sometimes the invader character, like it didn't match so that when they were trying to do like parries and blocks and stuff, it just wasn't working. So they're like, okay, well what if we scrap that idea? Like they were trying to base it off of dark souls, right. And some of that player invasion stuff. Um, but they're like, all right, what if we added it? Is kick? this the dark souls of arcane games? Yeah, basically. Wow. Yeah. Okay. And they're like, well, what if we put a kick in? It'd be fun. It's like very like kind of tactile. Yeah. And it's just interesting to stumble a character and then get a different approach on them. So uh-huh. that's how that was born. And it ended up just kind of being like this lifeblood mechanic that everybody like really enjoys about the great. game. It's amazing. It's great. You get your shift ability. Um, that's one of the slabs. You can get an upgrade for it um, where at the end of the teleport, you can do a kick that like super kicks an enemy <laughs> like across the level, which I fucking love. Um so one one element that I haven't engaged with yet, I haven't played as Juliana. Mm-hmm. I haven't protected the loop with Juliana, mm-hmm. um, and I'm just not that interested in doing it. Mm-hmm. Like I don't I don't care about like the, the way that the game is framed and designed. Nothing about it says this would be really cool with a versus element, mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's there. Yeah, you know, I, I even turned off the player invasions. I just turned it to offline AI or friends. Yeah, and that's it. Yeah, that's the thing. If you leave your game open to, like, player invasions, the way it goes, and Juliana can only invade your world if there's a visionary present. Hmm. Um, so, like, if you're in an area that doesn't have one, good, you're 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 clear. But if you're in an area that has two or one or whatever, um, you're going to get a banner on it. It's going to say, like, Juliana is on the hunt, and it locks your area down, basically. Yeah, you can't um, escape anymore. Yeah, there's a tunnel system that is basically your kind of, like... Um, respite zone where you go like to kind of like go to the next area or like kind of go to your loadouts it's always going to be the end goal at the end of uh, your level runs and that gets locked down you have an antenna that you need to hack to basically allow access back to it um so she comes in and if it's ai based it's usually a pretty easy encounter i think the ai is 
actually really bad for Juliana at times where like I've had instances where she spawns and she's just standing still yeah. um, or her character's just running into a wall and I'm That's just like fun. I'm just gonna headshot you five times and you're gonna die Damn, um, but when you get a player who invades your world if you have it enabled it gets a little more interesting because like you're playing against people who maybe have beaten the game or maybe know uh, the layout of the world and actually can kind of like plot against your steps which is interesting where I, so I've engaged with the, the PvP a few times where I think it, it's I think it's a lot of fun actually playing as Juliana and getting in there. And you can tell where a player typically is by the trail of the bodies. Hmm. Where it's like, oh okay, cool. They've killed these eternalists here, but not here. So they probably murdered their way through this area and they're doing something here. Or if they did go this way, they stealth. Um yeah. and it's sometimes the players will fuck with you too if they know you're in their world. They're like, Well, I'm gonna hide and watch you walk around and you know get the one up on you um but usually they're going to be where the visionaries are and you can basically funnel them in that area and you have an ability as juliana to alert the visionary that colt is in the area so it sets the area into like high alert uh and you basically just fucking overwhelm that that colt which is interesting um but juliana's uh, she comes in with i think three different slab abilities but her main one is masquerade hmm. which allows her to you hover your reticle over like one of the um AI character, the enemy characters, and you basically steal their skin. Oh. So you leave kind of like a, a dummy Juliana in place, and you're basically walking around as like one of the Eternalists. Okay. Um, you could also steal uh, Colt skin and kind of become him in the moment too. Why? Yeah, just to do it. I don't know. Okay. There's there's a trophy attached to it. Oh, okay. Right. But but it is fun yeah. to kind of just get in these little firefights. But like, I don't think it's the long tail of the game by any means. No, it it's doesn't like, seem like it. Yeah, it's just it's a fun add on, and it does feel like that aspect was oversold in the marketing. That's my problem. Yeah. Was like, I thought that was the entire game, yeah. and that's why my like my my interest in this game was lowered. Yeah. Because I was like, I don't really want to engage on like one v one versus stuff. Like, yeah. it just it's not fun to me. But um, it, I'm surprised that the game uh, primarily isn't that. It is mm-hmm. a, well, primarily first-person uh, experience or mm-hmm. single-player first-person experience. And I, you know, there's there's certain things that feel good and satisfying. Like, I really do like kind of piecing things together and going mm-hmm. back to old areas and figuring out, hey, I can hack this or do this new thing to it or turn on generators to rewrite power, like reroute power throughout different parts of the map. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, but sometimes it gets frustrating because those threads that you go on will be like, oh, shit, now I need to go to Otto's workshop. And you go, and then it's fucking on fire already, and you're yeah. like, so Fuck. I wasted this entire, the, this day cycle to go to a place to just learn that I need to go to it in the morning. Yeah. I hate that shit. But <laughs> at the end of each area completion, the game does mm-hmm. a good job at, like, summarizing stuff for you. Yeah. Um, it summarizes how you died. It summarizes all the clues and, like, everything you got, things you found. But it'll tell you, oh, okay, I need to go to Autos in the morning or in the noontime. Right. So I can accomplish what I need to. So th- there is a hand-holdy aspect to it, mm-hmm. which is nice. But, like, yeah, finding it, like, initially, like, it is a little bit of trial and error. And when you do get it right, you do feel smart about it, which mm-hmm. is nice. You know, uh, when you figure out how to disable the reactor that blows up in Fristed Rock every yeah. time you go after Fia. That, that feels good because, you know? you know, after like two times where she sets it off and it goes off in like less than a minute, that yeah. shit sucks, you know. But uh, yeah, there, there's there's ebbs and, fl- ebbs and flows to what I enjoy, what I don't enjoy in the game. I think overall some of it just gets a little exhausting going through the loop in the same areas over and over, mm-hmm. which is kind of the nature of a roguelike. But other roguelikes are more about can you best what's going on enemies mm-hmm. through your skill. This one's more about can you figure out what's going on on the loop. 
And so yeah. it gets a little tiring when I spend an like entire day cycle just to find one code <laughs> and have to like wait two more day cycles to go to like, you know, first dead rock or something. So mm-hmm. y- you have to have the patience for that. Um, yeah, because I had asked you, I was mm-hmm. like, wh- what do you feel like is the main difference between this game and a normal like roguelike with the day cycles? Like, why isn't it hitting with you the same way like that a game like Hades would? Or Returnal. Yeah, or Returnal. Because uh, they'll scale. Yeah. Those are about triumph and skill. Triumph and skill. Yeah. It's endurance trial of how good you are as a mm. player, not what have you found. Mm. <laughs> you know, so it's a different like it's it's playing on a different part of the the brain, but still roguelike in that nature, which yeah. is interesting. I think that is interesting. Mm-hmm. It doesn't always work for me. Sure, but this is not a game that I can say is like bad or, or disappointing. No, not at no. all. This game's great. Yeah, it it's actually fun. delivered in a lot of ways that I was surprised on. But I don't love it the same way that other people are going nuts for it. Yeah, for because and that's kind of my story with most arcane games, mm-hmm. where even on paper, if it should be something that I, I should like, like Prey, mm-hmm. I get into it and I go, ah, some of these things aren't really landing. Or in Prey, for instance, I really didn't like the how it. I like that it had inspiration from Bioshock, but I didn't like the fact that it did the same thing where it's like every item in the environment can be looked at and touched. And yeah. I'm just like, that's fuck. <laughs> like, stop. Why? Yeah. It's boring. I like that this game is kind of a brilliant cherry picking of like yeah. their catalog's best ideas and then even Bioshock's best ideas where like, yeah. you know, the slab kind of power magic abilities is carried over from uh, Dishonored. Mm-hmm. Um and then the Bioshock thing that I like that it does is is the world building, um, and then some of the audio logs that you find where it's like you find like a right. like a cassette tape and it allows you to walk with it and hear the audio <laughs> log as you're still exploring rather than making you stand in place and listen to that's like, your pet peeve like a, a ninety second diatribe from fucking Charlie you know? yeah that's your pet peeve yeah I know you hate that shit yeah. I hate that shit too but yeah. I, but I like that they that they kind of distilled it into like all right how do we make this like we're already asking a lot from the player how do we make this like super accessible and, and fun yeah. in, in ways. Um, I think it's it's got a lot of polish. I think like you know having not played a lot of their other games, I could see why people are crowning this as like Arcane's best game. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the elements come together like pretty amazingly um, in some regards. Some of it is a little frustrating, but like when you learn like a good ability and gun combo, and when you learn an area a certain way, like you feel like really great about your runs. Mm-hmm. Um, whether it is like going in guns blazing or stealthing or deciding. All right, I have this hackamajig, which is actually called a hackamajig. It's like a little remote thing that allows you to like hack turrets and stuff. How do I hack the turrets in this room to basically turn it on the enemy yeah. and, and fucking just have the turrets yeah. do the work for me? And that's cool shit. Yeah. I like that. I, I, I enjoy that a lot. Um, some of it gets a little finicky with what you can do. Like uh, using the grenade is finicky as fuck because there's like four different modes for it. And you have to like hold left on the D-pad. Yeah. But like if you just press left on the D-pad, suddenly my hackamajig is my hand again. And yeah. sometimes I'm like, oh, maybe the weapon wheel's L1. Like my brain for some reason thinks that. Yeah. And then suddenly I'm cooking a grenade in my hand. I'm like, oh no. <laughs> and so I, I know notice that i start relying on just playing in like a normal first person shooter instead of using my cool gadgets because mm-hmm. it's not as intuitive as i want it to be to use them as quickly yeah like especially when like shit goes high octane alert you almost have to be like okay this is my stealth yeah. brain loadout and then this is my action brain loadout. exactly <laughs> you know? yeah because like you'll fucking flat like i've had so many times where i'm just like oh shit wrong yeah. gun or oh no i accidentally threw a grenade that happens to me a lot of times where like i'm stealthing and i'm putting down like the proximity mines and then i'm like shit i now there are three people on me and i'm like fuck i gotta use my slab ability and because they map 
the slab and grenade to L1. Jeez. Yeah. Like, you have to have it cycled and loaded up correctly to be like, oh, I'm, I can actually use my slab. Yeah, it's harsh on the brain a little bit. Yeah. Like, at least on console. I mean, maybe it's way different for players on PC. Uh, no, it's crashing on PC. People hate it on PC. Well, no, no, no. Yeah, I know that. But I mean, it's probably easier to, like, yeah. be firing off abilities sure. on your keyboard than it is on, on your on a controller where, like, literally everything is, like, dictated by DMAP. Yeah. <laughs> so. But no. otherwise, the game is, like, it's, it's super fun. It, it feels great. It... It really does feel like a great uh, uh, first-person game, mm-hmm. honestly. Like, jumping around is cool, vaulting and all that. All yeah. the stuff that you would want from a modern FPS, right, mm-hmm. is there. Maybe not challenging AI, but, you know, everything else is there. <laughs> yeah, that's the only thing. Like, once I got into, like, the open sprawl and, like, started finding, like, once you get the ability to infuse your weapons, and you're like, shit, I get to carry this awesome shotgun with me between runs, then the challenge starts to fall away. And you're yeah. like, okay. And then the main challenge that you're approached with is, how do I kill seven people in one day cycle? And like that's where it's like, fuck, now I'm now I'm interested again. How do I line yeah. these pieces up perfectly? I, I like that you don't have to just like pen and paper remember how to do that. Yeah. But it actually like shows you on the thread, like here, here's the times a day that you need to go after these people. I was like, thank you. That's yeah. what I wanted from the game. Yeah, here's how you get these two characters yeah. in the same spot at the same time. Because it's overwhelming figuring out like like seven people across four maps. It's like, oh shit. Yeah. On. My recommendation to people is if you're you're playing the game for the first time and you feel overwhelmed, you know, follow the visionary leads because those mm-hmm. are the ones that are gonna get you through each character's unique uh, story beats and you're going to learn their ins and outs and you're going to learn how to kind of manipulate them in the environment um, and then when you do all of them including juliana's then it does a recap at the end that actually gets saved to your um what should i say like uh, objective log mm-hmm. of like okay i need to do this 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 and this it helps you remember which is really nice Here, here's a cute thing from the game by the way mm-hmm. uh might fuck over speedrunners, but all passcodes in the game are randomized. Yeah. Every single one. So you have to literally go find the thread mm-hmm. to let you know what that code is. So you yeah. can't just look online and be like, oh, here here it is, XYZ. Nope. <laughs> I thought that was pretty clever. It's pretty funny because it's like, yeah, you would destroy the point and loop of mm-hmm. the game if you could just like the first thing you do is log in and be like, I know how to use the power station. Don't yeah. be done. Right? So that that that's smart. I think that's smart. Yeah. <laughs> I, I thought that was super funny. Because I looked it up online like, what's the passcode for this? And they're like, mm, we can't tell you, but we can tell you where to get the passcode. Yeah. I, I first realized it when you were, um, you get a passcode for the tunnel systems that mm-hmm. you have to retreat back to. And yours was different than mine. And I'm like, oh, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that carries over with everything. It even carries over to like the fucking... Um, the bomb, the nuclear reactor schematic, where it's like, shit, your colored wires were different than mine were. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the order was still the same, yeah. like, same corner arrangement. <laughs> but, what, but, like, which number, which one to do first? Mine yeah. is red, blue, green, yellow. Yeah. And I, mine was, like, blue, red, green, yellow. And that'll be forever yeah. be that <laughs> in yeah. my game, so I have to remember that. I, I do like that um, the game remembers passcodes and things for yeah. you. So, like, when you go up to, like, a a safe lock or something you press triangle and it just auto fills it for you and that yeah, makes awesome. it easier it's fucking great yeah there, there's a lot of like really cool like intuitive and, and smart design philosophies at play here mm-hmm. and i think a lot of it really uh, gels well um i didn't we didn't talk about the salt um to kind of feed into the style i love the music of it a oh, lot yeah, and the sound too. design mm-hmm. um every time an encounter kicks off this fucking like guitar rock starts playing and it's yeah. like you hear like the cable get plugged into a guitar and like and then it just fucking goes off the only thing i hate about <laughs> that is that if you're fighting just one enemy and you fucking instant kill them yeah. the music will like play for like 10 seconds afterwards before yeah. just like shutting off and i'm like dude there's nothing like there's rocking. nothing here like yeah. I, I finished this <laughs> but when an area is fucking yeah. going off it's like oh this feels like pretty oh, right, fucking right, high right. octane kind of yeah. like 
doom in regards, but you know, this is doom. This is a thinking man's doom. It You're is right. A thinking man's doom. Mm-hmm. And I like the jazz too. Like specifically when you go to Frank's area, because he's like a music producer. Um, it's a lot of like kind of sixty style like jazz and like fucking lounge music, and it's it. I don't know. It's just really. It's interesting. It's a good shit. Yeah, I like it a lot. Um, my main complaints are. I wish the weapons meant more yep. to me. Um, a lot of them feel throwaway outside of just being like, oh, cool, I collected this and this is how I use it. Um, I don't think the enemies are super inspired. No. I get the idea of like the fact that they are 60s inspired in terms of like attire and everything and they all wear masks because that's what they do. I but, don't know why they wear masks. But they all look like Fortnite characters yeah. and they look stupid. Yeah. Um, save for the visionaries themselves. And um, yeah, I wish the AI was a bit smarter. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I I don't know. Like I, it's a great game. It's gonna be in my well. No, I gotta walk that back. It's a good game. It's definitely gonna be in my top ten. Yeah. But there are just aspects that kind of hold it back for me. Having beat it, you haven't beat it, right? No. Okay. Um, and you're probably pretty close. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> it, yeah it, i guess results may vary with that where i think it probably will take like 10 to 20 hours for most people to beat um but i don't think the story resolves itself in a very satisfying resounding way i've been hearing that yeah the game ended and i was like okay cool i guess i guess I, all right cool i can either just uh destroy the loop and start or start it over which is uh interesting um i'm not gonna go into like t- like spoilers about it at all because i think the the reason the loop is there is really interesting and i think colt's involvement with the visionaries is is cool to find out in the moment um but yeah at the end of it i was like there's no like big bioshock like fuck moment about it mm-hmm. it's just like little cool reveals and that's kind of it um i hope if they get another stab at a game like this that maybe they push the narrative in the forefront a bit more. Right. Um, and give like a, a nice full loop, if you will. Oh, wow. Yeah, Closed loop. Yeah, because by the end of it, I was like, all right. I, I was hoping for like a big finale, big boss moment. And I'm like, nope, this is just kind of it. <laughs> you did it. Yeah. Way to go. Th- this is the only arcane game I've played. So I give them high marks for a lot of what they've accomplished with it. You going to go uh, back and play any of the others? I'm thinking of playing Prey next. Prey? Yeah. Okay. I'm currently working on the Platinum for Deathloop. Uh, I'm yeah. about like 78% completion. I have like 12 trophies left. Um, I, I was thinking about streaming Prey yeah. for good old Halloween time. Not that I have a shortage of horror games, but I figured, you know, why? How many times can I play Resident Evil 2 in a year before people kind of go like, what are you doing? Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, so. But I mean, there's the base game. There's the DLC. What? What? Moonflow? Moon Bonker. Try again. Moon House. Not keeping going. Moon Jumper. Moon nah, Boots. Moon up. Raker. Yep. Moon no, no, no. Palace Delight. Yeah. Moon <laughs> Palestine. What is that? Moon Palace Delight. Okay. What's it called? Moon Crash. Moon Crash. There we go. <laughs> that was close. <laughs> is that the Moon Crasher or Moon Crash? I forget. Yeah. I think it's Moon Crash DLC, but yeah. Um, cool. We'll see. That everyone says it's fucking great, and I'm like, yeah. okay. I hear you. Everyone said Deathloop is fucking great, and I think it's pretty good. Mm-hmm. I think it's pretty good. It just fucks me up because people are talking about it like it's the second coming of video games. And I'm like, yeah, this might be a crowning achievement for... I get it. It's different. Know, arcane. It is different. It is stylish. The art design, the creativity, sure. it's it pops. It's a game that pops. But yeah. like you said, sometimes it's a bit more style than substance. Yep. And that is very true. that plays to its detriment a little bit. But Some I, people like style over substance without realizing it. That's true. Yeah. Listen, when I go to buy like a vinyl or like a, a DVD or a thing, what is the thing that catches my eye? It's the cover art. How do you think I choose my craft beers? By the can design. By the can design sim- and the ABV. <laughs> oh, Bitch has got to be over 6.5 yeah. or else it's going to be it's water It's a waste to of my dollar. Oh, yeah. 
Before we jump off this, do you sure. could you recommend Deathloop? Absolutely. Yeah. I would absolutely recommend it, and I think it's the most fun that I've had with an arcane game. I know for a fact it's the most fun I've had with one of their games, mm. right? I played a little bit of Dishonored, didn't really dig that. Stealth games aren't my thing. I like the stealth in this game. It, mm. it feels good, it makes sense, and it's fun to fucking decapitate Yes. These masked idiots as they're blabbering. Or it's like really kick funny. them down and stomp their skull. Yeah. They they that that's the funny thing about this. They're like crash test dummies yeah. that you could just kick off of cliffs. It's really <laughs> funny. But yeah. Um yeah, I had a lot of fun with it. I think the story's good and I do want to see where it where it goes, how it ends. Yeah. It sounds like it doesn't have the most satisfying conclusion, but I think it's great. So it's just it's one of those things where like there's such a mystery about mm-hmm. like what's going on at Black Reef as a whole. Like what happened with the time anomaly? Why are these Eternalists doing this? You yeah. Know? What is Juliana's deal? What what's her relationship to Colt? Like why why is she yeah? There's a lot of whys, it? and as they get answered, like some of them are neat, some yeah. of them are like oh, okay, whatever, you know. But it's it's good. I think yeah. it's a, it's good overall, mm-hmm. holistically good. But there's some parts that are way better than its other parts. Fair enough. There you go. That's Deathloop. That's Deathloop. I want to ask you about another game here that you're probably oh. not as keen on. Uh, came out this Friday. Lost Judgment. Lost sequel Judgment. To 2019's Judgment, or Judge Eyes, as we like to call it. Yep. Yeah. You thought I was going to do the Judge Eyes thing? I thought you were going to do the Judge Eyes. Judge Eyes! Judge Eyes. Judge. Judge, judge, judge. Kat didn't wake up from that. No, one. she actually did. Oh, did she? Yeah, Sorry. she woke up really oh, hard. Oh, the baby. Okay. Um, um, so Lost Judgment. I think I'm not. I'm not more than ten hours into this game. I think I, I have to be like seven or eight into it, right? Yeah, because you played it across two like three hour streams. Yeah, I streamed it twice, and then I played a little bit offline as well. So it's really hard to judge an RGG game by its first ten hours because you'll be wrong to do that. <laughs> right like you don't know what what the game is until like at least yeah. that 10 hour mark right so i'm i'm but from what i have seen so far i'm gonna give you two buckets one here's the things i like the other bucket not so much okay the first bucket things i like sure i like that you go to yokohama which is a setting of yakuza like a dragon mm-hmm. which is really cool i like that there's this interplay between both where the first game was completely in kamurocho and if you've played any yakuza game You've played that place. Yeah, there's ten years of Yakuza games that have taken place there. (laughs) And so you can literally, like, back of the head, go to the same spots, same little grocery marts and all that, and know it if you've played, like, the most recent game. Mm -hmm. I think that's really cool. Going back to Ichi Stompy Ground is awesome. You could even go to Club Survive and see Kasawagi chilling there and going like, you know, however he talks. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And um, combat. Combat's really good. You have, uh, you could switch between styles, very Yakuza Zero style. Mm -hmm. Uh... Style, style, style. And <laughs> and you have a new fighting style called uh, Snake. Mm-hmm. And Snake is all about, like, counterattacks and stuff. If somebody hits you, you do, like, immediate, like, like you sidestep them, throw their, like, arm away, and then you can get, like, you know, a big opening on that. Mm-hmm. Very cool stuff. EX moves are there. Dragon Engine at its fucking finest. Mm-hmm. The way that you can ragdoll these folks, these these thugs on the street. is It's great. It's amazing. Let me get into what the plot is. Okay. This is not a spoiler or anything, but here's what the plot is. Bullying happens in high schools. <laughs> You've heard of it. We don't like it. <laughs> well, it turns out this private school, the, the chairman of the board, the head of the school, has hired 
uh, two detectives that are not your boy, Tak and Kaito. He hires the guy wearing the mask and then the nerd from the internet cafe mm-hmm. from the first game. They started their own agency in Yokohama. Okay. So it's not the step on Tak's dick. Okay. They even say that. They're like, <laughs> out of respect for the greatest detective. Yeah. And then, like, Tak has, like, the same office that's, like, fucking two inches big. And Kaito's always sleeping on the couch. Anyway. Mm-hmm. But you go to Yokohama because they're like, hey, we have this crazy case that we need to bring in the big guns. And it turns out to be high school bullying. And so you, you end up going to this high school and uh, bugging the place with surveillance cameras mm-hmm. to spy on children to see who's... The bully? Um, bully? <laughs> bullying? Hmm. Turns out it's a basketball club. These hard asses in the basketball club are bullying this one girl for some reason. And you're like, I don't know why, but fuck this. We won't stand for bullying. And so, you know... You, you go through this whole plot thread. But of course, this is lost judgment, my friend. You think mm. it's going to be some Mickey Mouse bullshit? No, Gary Oldman, I don't think that. Uh, there's a murder afoot. <laughs> <laughs> Turns out one of the student teachers, dead. Huh? They found, wow, that echoed, that reverberated yeah. in this room. He's dead. Well, death leaves echoes. They found him dead as fuck. Here's another thing. Mm-hmm. There's this cop. He just got arrested for groping a woman on a train. Okay, but at his hearing... Which Genda Law Office is, is defending him. Mm-hmm. You, know, you remember them from Gend- Judgment, yeah, of course. right? They're defending him. And when he's about to get his, like, you know, I don't know, community service, because no one uh, cares, I guess. <laughs> They're like, we found your fingerprints on her panties, and we have evidence, and da 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 da. And he's like, <laughs> he's got a smirk on his face when he goes up. And he's like, you'll find a body of, I forget the guy's name, you'll find his body mm-hmm. in the third floor of this building. He is the reason that my son committed suicide and justice has been served. And so his whole alibi is that he's been in prison because he groped a girl. So he couldn't have killed this person. Mm-hmm. But it looks like he got his revenge. And that person, that that kid or is a student teacher from the high school that you so happen to be investigating for bullying. Mm-hmm. So it's like a deeper web. Sure. Here's what I don't like. Any of the high school, anything. I don't, like, what? Like, we went from an ice pick murderer, like an yeah. actual murderer that was targeting Yakuza members, to... Like, really high-profile, like, Yakuza murders. Yeah, to now I'm the student counselor for the Mystery Club. So weird. So, well, some of the trailers yeah. and marketing, like, leaned into that, where I'm like, why am I doing, like, Dance Dance Revolution and skateboarding at a high school? Like, what? what's going on here? It's fucking goofy, dude. Yeah. Um, so, it, it, it's, uh... The thing is that... Like a Dragon was so such an immediate click for me, even yeah. though it had a new combat style, switch to turn-based RPG versus beat-em-up action like the rest of the games have been. Mm-hmm. It's like It takes like two hours for that game to really start fucking cooking. Like, really cooking. Oh, I don't even know, man. Like, first hour, like, when the, the narrative kicks you in oh, the sure. face, you're like, oh my god, there's drama, there's mystery, what sure, the sure. fuck? Sure, sure, but yeah, that game gets gripping. you into it right yeah. away. Same with Judgment 1, even, like, with the, when you learn about the murders, like, yeah. what happened with fucking Yagami yeah. in the first place. This game is <laughs> a simmer. It's a simmer so far. I'm not really, like, I'm not really there for whatever's going on. I mean, mm. it's a, it's intriguing, but it's like, alright, whatever, we'll see. But but so far, it's, it's everything you should expect from a Judgment sequel. Mm-hmm. Tons of mini games. Tons of mini games. It's really really upsetting that it starts with the tailing mini game oh at the beginning of the fucking game. God. The tailing is garbage. They should know it's garbage, and yet they just double down on uh, it. So that's upsetting. That is upsetting. That is it's upsetting. giving me ulcers thinking yeah. about it. And some of the the observation uh, little mini games where you have like a small area to go figure out the clues, Batman style. Mm-hmm. Like it's it, it's it's unobvious and just kind of. Um, irritating honestly where like you have to search for exactly the right spot in an alley 
to move the story on and it just gets arbitrary after a while mm-hmm. and you do it a lot yeah this so the detective aspects in this game are lame like they weren't great in judgment one but at least it was cool where it, like hey i searched an area and then it has to you put together like what's the most compelling evidence to like make my yes. case that shit's cool mm-hmm. everything else is fucking stupid <laughs> so i'm just like Ugh, i wish they had different mini games or just took it from a different perspective but it's the same game again that's the problem with a lot of RGG games, from mm. what I can tell from like a kind of um, passenger point of view. Because I haven't sure. the only RGG games I've played are the First Judgment and then Yakuza Like a Dragon, which is the turn-based type game. Um, but it seems like from Yakuza one, two, three, four, five, six, zero to all of it, it literally is just iterations on the same thing. Like yes. you're doing the same sort of uh, <laughs> gameplay. We're gonna maybe change the leveling system. Yeah, there's mini games, but there's different mini games. There's different social links, different stuff like that, mm-hmm. and it's it's basically the same thing. So I'm not surprised to hear that Judgment, you know, having been turned around two years after the fact, is more of the same. Is more of the same, and yeah. they're just reutilizing Yokohama, which is clever but easy. But the thing about the Yakuza games is that the story, right, has so much mystery mm. and umph and heart and drama that really gets to people. So like, I'm hoping that Judgment Two has some of that at its core. We'll see. Yeah. I'm again, like uh, I said, ten hours in, you don't know nothing about an RGG game. You don't know nothing. That's that's a hard ask for like a lot of casual players to, yeah. to like be like, all right, cool, your normal RGG game experience is going to be anywhere from 60 to 100 hours, but you just have to get through the first 10. I don't think Yakuza games are for casual players, though. No. They're definitely not pick up and plays. They're, they're investments, every single one of them. Which and, is yeah. weird because like on the onset, like they're billed as like Yakuza brawlers. Sure. Know, go to Japan, beat up gangsters, beat up panty thieves. And then up... and then you find out that you walk five steps and then it's an hour of cutscenes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it, it, it's 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 a hard it's whiplash for people coming in not knowing anything about Yakuza. But mm-hmm. I feel like if you can rock with zero and be okay with that, then you can get through any single Yakuza game. Right? Because mm-hmm. that's the game that has literally all of Yakuza in one game. Every Yakuza idiosyncrasy is in that game. Mm-hmm. Fucking it goes from one type of like narrative dialogue box sequence to a different type yeah. right after it and then a cutscene, and then back to the original dialogue box interactions and then maybe you're <laughs> doing free roam gameplay for like two hours maybe yeah maybe no guarantee because you're probably accidentally forced the story again and here's five more cutscenes. <laughs> that, was, that was my problem with uh yeah. both judgment and yakuza like a dragon on the onset where like i felt like i was watching it more than i was playing it yeah, at dude. times yeah and that's I, that, that's fine sure like some games are like that but sometimes i just want to play the game too. so I'm, like i'm not kidding dude like the first five hours of lost judgment are very much on the rails very much it does not let you loose like if you're in the open world you're in an open world for two minutes before jumping right back into a story thing mm-hmm. yeah so like i'm waiting for to get to like hey let me loose let me have fun let me go do the he thing. wants to be loose i haven't even unlocked sub stories like they're on the map and they won't let me engage uh, with them and i'm just like dude i'm hours into this game and you won't let me do a sub story that's the bread and butter of yeah. yakuza man yeah those fun little like side quests and things that you could pursue yeah that's where like a lot of the humor comes from too yeah so i'm not like it's not immediately uh kind of jumping out at me but i don't want to and don't you know Forgive that's me. So I don't want to judge it yet. Oh. I don't want to judge it yet. I want to give it some more time. But will you judge it with your eyes? Judge. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm interested in it. Sure. But I think a lot of your impressions and 
a lot of people's impressions as a whole have made me kind of like stay my hand for a second where I'm yeah. like, eh, maybe I'll wait. Yeah. Um, because I don't like a lot of the bogged down stuff about the RGG games, to be honest. Like, that's just not always my thing. I don't mm. always want to play like 12 hours of mini games or get stuck on side quest chains. And like a lot of it you can ignore. Like, you don't have to engage with every single system, but like it is there, so I'm going to fuck around with it, mm-hmm. you know? I, much like like a dragon, where I fucking ran a business mini game for five hours, and I got invested in fucking Dragon Cart. You know, you're gonna put it in front of me, I'm gonna fucking eat it. You we'll know, fucking do it. <laughs> I'm gonna put it in my mouth. <laughs> yeah, for sure, for <laughs> so sure. So it's yeah, I'm definitely gonna wait on it. Um, and I will also wait to hear from you if the story picks up in a, a substantial way, because like, we'll see. Immediately with the first game, the drama of it had me hooked. I was like, whoa, this is intense. I know. This one, like, when they did the high school bullying thing, I was like, the drama's not intense. Uh, the, the drama's nowhere near intense. I've heard that a lot of... It's placid. A lot of people have been talking about, like, the, the sexual assault and battery aspect of it, and that it kind of yeah. plays, like, fast and loose with it and doesn't treat it very seriously. There's a whole sugar baby side plot, too. All of it's kind of unnerving. Yeah. I don't know. It's all weird. Um, yeah. Yakuza Like a Dragon. There was um, homelessness, right? Very, like, heavy and, like interesting theme for it to try like a video game to try and tackle i think it did a good job at that where it's like humanized homeless people yeah whereas like i don't see that in media yeah i've heard people say that it just does not fucking do well with some of the uh, assault aspects of it and i'm like "Eh." yeah i could could see that probably being the thing i hope there isn't more assault than what i've seen already (laughs) i mean you fucking in the first game there was a a villain called ass ketchum and he hung out with panty thieves and yep. <laughs> it was this whole situation so i don't know you do you do immediately find a guy that tries to be that man's successor oh really and he's got panties in his back pocket and you see them and he's just like no i've been foiled yeah by yokohama's greatest detective and you're like i'm from kamarisha I, I just work here i don't live here it's, yeah if you could just like uh, i'm working at the high school now i'm really yeah. like i'm not even supposed to be here yeah, that's a okay. So this is the silliest thing about this game that this fucking grown ass adult that dresses like he's Christian Slater from 1986 is walking around this high school in his fucking leather jacket and asking kids about like, hey, do you know what's going on with Mitsubishi? <laughs> like shit like that. It's just so stupid, and everyone's like immediately like, what is going on? Like, this guy's a cop. Is he okay? But it, the stupidest thing is that this group of bullies that are in a basketball club because apparently that's the world of uh, fast and loose bullies basketball i guess i knew a guy in middle school and high school he was a sports guy yeah played basketball bit of a bully bit of a bully so it tracks bit of a bully you're right yeah you're right well in track no bullies (laughs) yeah exactly because they're learning to run away from the bullies yeah swim team yeah no bullies no bullies drownings lots of lots of drownings yeah yeah (laughs) anyway kids keep on thinking they can breathe underwater it's crazy (laughs) there's a mystery here these kids are dumb (laughs) but this basketball club of, of of goons right um, you immediately, when you get to Yokohama, you see them bullying some restaurateur mm. for some reason. And you get in there and you fight them and you make fun of them. Mm. You beat them up once. You go to the high school to go investigate this thing, find out, oh, that's a high school they go to. They see you. You have to beat them up again. <laughs> you beat them up in the first five hours at least four or five times. The same group. Like, one of them has to put a Band-Aid over his broken nose because he already fucking pounded that boy. And, like, he comes back for more? These kids are dumb. They're horribly dumb. So let me get this straight. Yeah. You're like a 40-year-old man. Yes. In a leather jacket. Leather jacket. Jeans that eat up that uh-huh. ass. Yep. Hungry ass. Hungry, Hungry ass. Hungry ass. Yagami ass. Has no ass. 
beating up like what 15 year olds beating up like 15 why, 16 year olds why couldn't there have been an empowerment arc about bullying here or maybe like there's a mm. kid that like yagami sees getting bullied yeah. and like he has to like help him right and he's yeah, like right, right. all right i'm gonna train you you're gonna be you're gonna fucking fight these bullies and then it ends in a mission where like yagami is like watching this kid fight you he know, teaches and that that's kid. it that's it. You're not beating so, up high schoolers after that. The closest <laughs> thing that you get to that is that there's this mystery club yeah. at the high school run by this very fastidious uh, young lady mm-hmm. who immediately figures out that you're suspicious, but she thinks you're a pervert. Everyone thinks you're a pervert because, lo and behold, when you set up surveillance cameras all over a high school <laughs> at skirt level, that people think you're probably trying to get some shots. Yeah, right? that's fair. And so she she starts grilling this guy, but he finds out, like, oh, wait, they need a, they need a student teacher. Or, sorry, they need, like, a counselor. Mm-hmm. Uh, that'll be my in. That's how I'm going to, like, pretend to be, like, a, a part of the uh, staff. Mm-hmm. And so you end up uh, taking on her cases, her sugar baby case, which inevitably gets you into the dance club where you got to use your kung fu moves to teach these kids how to dance. Hmm. It's, But that's your, that's your protege. Because, like, I was just like, you know what? She should become the next protagonist of Judgment. Mm-hmm. She should be the... How many, how many detective stories mm-hmm. are featuring a woman? Nancy Drew. That isn't a child. Because <laughs> I was thinking young Sherlock Holmes or whatever yeah. as well. But I was like, oh, that is Sherlock Holmes. And then there's the the Netflix movie. Was it Majora, Majora Holmes? Ma- Ma- Margaret Holmes? What is her name? Oh, I have no idea. The one where it's uh, Eleven from Stranger Things. She plays Sherlock Holmes's daughter. Oh, I didn't know about this. There's two of them, dude. Oh, what the fuck? Did, um, There's Henry, a lot going on on Netflix Henry Cavill days. plays Sherlock Holmes in those films. What the fuck Do you, are you never talking heard of about? This? Yeah, it's like <laughs> Mar- Marjorie Holmes. <laughs> I'm not kidding. It's real. <laughs> it did well. <laughs> He's looking it up right now. Well, Marjorie Holmes herself was an American columnist. Born in 1910 in Storm Lake, Idaho, oh. Iowa. And died in March 2002. Oh, damn. Right after 9-11. Rough year. Um, yeah. Well, hold on a second. To see the country like that. To remember both the Titanic sinking and 9-11 in the same Holmes lifeline. That's terrible. Elizabeth. That was 1911 Titanic, huh? Enola <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> Holmes. Enola Holmes. I don't know how I was going to get that Came one. Came out right. in September 2020. Yeah, yeah you're right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, interesting. Okay, cool. So you want this protege to have her own game. Yeah. Cool. Go around figuring out crimes. In fact, because like if I'm do, if I'm going to be playing a game where I'm figuring out high school crimes, I want to play as a high schooler, mm-hmm. not a forty year old man that's beating up teenagers. Mm-hmm. It's a weird pivot. It's a weird pivot from Judgment to Judgment Two. Yeah, but then you get a game like I don't know Persona, where you're playing you know as a high schooler yeah. and romancing adults, and like the, there's oh, always wait what yeah. <laughs> there's always a weird like interplay with these japanese games yeah, yeah, yeah. take them out of the high go fucking do a college crime this would make more sense in college <laughs> yeah. you're right dude it could have been like a ta that went missing mm-hmm. right like what is wrong with these high school yeah high school is what they chose i don't know are they trying to get that persona money i don't know atlas is right next door true actually i was listening to GameSpot after dark talk about it and there's very similar like persona music vibes and mm-hmm. somebody was like, yeah, I wonder if they just, like, decided to, like, copy uh, Atlas's homework on this and just, like, be like, oh, we're going to have jazzy music. It sounds like Persona music if it were public domain. That's <laughs> okay. how it is in this game. It's not good. Uh, None of it's good. But it's there. Mm. There's some weird jazzy vibes when you're walking down the hall and shit. Yeah, it's it's it, it, it's there. 
We shall see. I'm hoping the story leaves the high school at some point and mm-hmm. gets me out into Yokohama. Sure. It has to. More. It fucking has to. It has to. Because, like, you know, because, like, already the, the Chinese mafia is back. The Liu Meng mm-hmm. from the last Yakuza game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know what happened to the Korean mafia. Did they become your friends? They stopped stealing power? Yes, they do. Okay, good. Yeah, good. Run by that really hot chick. Oh my god, really hot. So gorgeous. Jesus Lord. Fuck. Fucking bring the house down. I would kill for her. You know a cool thing about her? Hmm. She's an adult. (laughs) Fucking game. (laughs) Fucking hate this game. (laughs) I'm kidding. (laughs) Well, I I will be interested to see what your thoughts are at hour twenty and thirty, and if they uh, get better over time. Yeah, Uh, sure. Not talk shit about judgment it's a weird weird state of affairs to like not have uh i thought i'd be fucking judgment all every hour all the hours right yeah you're over here playing fucking blasphemous and fucking playing random ass games i'm struggling to figure out what i want to stream tonight Mm. do i want to stream blasphemous it was fun it looks like it's cool it's really tight it's got that castlevania it's a little bit dark souls in it you fight giant bosses i like that yeah watching you play it i'm like i haven't picked this up i might it's a new game yeah it is a Daniel Loss game. Yeah, once I finish up the Platinum for Deathloop, which if it doesn't make me want to throw myself out of a window, because sure. uh, some of it is pretty annoying. That's how you get out fast. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> I'm like, well, what do I play next? And I'm just like, oh, well, Judgment was on the table. Now I'm kind of like, mm, yeah, yeah. I'll wait. Um, I am interested in picking up Life is Strange True Colors. Ah, I've heard nothing but good things. Yeah. Um, so super interested in that. But after that, mm. I'm just like, I don't really know. I mean, maybe I wait for Metroid Dread, which comes out in like two weeks. Yeah. But we were know. talking about this. Like this, t- 2021, it's a light year. It's a light year for gaming, right? Mm-hmm. Expected. COVID impacts have delayed a lot of things. A lot of the games that I think that were, uh, a few of the games we were looking forward to this year kicked out the next year. Mm-hmm. Dying Light 2, delayed. Mm-hmm um elden ring was never coming out this year apparently mm-hmm. but like yeah next year looking real full but at the same time i'm looking at that february timeline where like 15 games are coming out and i'm like these are gonna see some more delays oh yeah a lot of these are gonna see some more delays but you know what we are getting this year hmm. far cry call of duty can't believe that yeah far cry 6 huh i'll play it i want to ask you something real quick uh hi because uh, you you're also playing tales i don't think you probably you probably don't want to talk about i that. don't really have impressions on i like it so far i haven't gotten far enough to really hunker down on it yeah. but the combat's cool okay cool um a lot of people said it fucking cooks and like it has a pretty crazy mid-story climax that really? Like, really tugs at the heart a mid-story climax yeah interesting listen we climax at the beginning and end of our days why yeah. not do it in the middle too sometimes i do three times after lunch Call of Duty Vanguard. Yeah. You played the open beta for it. I played the open beta for yeah. it. How was that? I like it. Yeah? I like it. Is it, it more Call of Duty? It's If you've ever played a Call of Duty, you've played this one. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Um, yeah, so like the devil's in the details and you better get a magnifying glass if you want to see what's different <laughs> with this fucking game. <laughs> Where's the devil? Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, it, it, it feels great. It's back to World War II. Um the maps that I played, I all really enjoyed, except for one that was snipe heavy, but I'm terrible at sniping in those games mm-hmm. versus, like, you know, using machine guns and whatnot. But, uh, yeah, man, it's it's fast. It's fun. Um, you shoot at other players that shoot back at you. And mm-hmm. if you die, you respawn in 0.5 seconds. And then you're back shooting at other players until you do it again. Oh, wow. And that is the true death loop. So, I like that. Uh, no, it's a lot of fun. I like the maps. The guns are really cool. They're all period specific and whatnot mm-hmm. um there's women in this conflict in case what? anyone wants to boycott women aren't this. in the wars women don't do warfare <laughs> they do vanity fair 
That was good. Yeah, you like that? That's pretty good. Uh, but no, it's, I'll probably pick it up, honestly. Yeah. Like, it's pretty dope. Um, it's more Call of Duty. It just scratches the right itch, man. Yeah. I've, I've always liked Call of Duty. I've played it a lot. People are always surprised when I tell them I'm a Call of Duty guy because I'm not out there playing Warzone. I don't like Warzone. Mm-mm. I like classic, like, you know, Kill Confirmed and all the rest. Oh, there's a new cool control point one in this game, by the way. Hmm. Instead of having a, a static control point, it actually moves throughout the map. And I don't even mean, like, shows up in specific areas. It's literally moving, like, the eye of God mm-hmm. <laughs> just across the oh. map. And you have to, like, be with it, defending it. And you can get knocked off of it. And it just keeps on moving. Hmm. Like, you see, like, the the outline of the ground just, like, fucking merling, like, mowing through the map. <laughs> it's a really cool mode, actually. Because it can go back and forth, like, however. It's a t- literal tug of war. Yeah. So that's fun. Hmm. And uh, yeah, they got Ground War. You can do, because it's next gen, like 100 players or something like that. That's crazy. crazy. Like, remember like when the max limit was like fucking 16 to 32 players? Yeah. Yeah, now it's like play with a hundred people. Yeah, you play with a hundred people. That that used to be like Battlefield's like main uh, toting point of like, oh, yeah. we have big player involved maps. Yeah. And it's like, well, now Call of Duty's caught up with you. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not too interested in the new battlefield, honestly, because it's never felt as. Um, I like how arcadey Call, Call of Duty, Duty feels, yeah. and it's it's honestly like for all of the shit we could give Call of Duty and its player base and everything and Activision and all that, right? Like Activision, indeed. Huh? Um, Looks like it, the federal government's getting involved because they keep uh, on shredding evidence. Turns out, shredding evidence gets attention. Yeah. <laughs> Aren't the uh, Bobby Codex getting put under fire too, right? Subpoenaed. Yep. Getting fucking subpoenaed, baby. She's cooking off right now. God damn. Meanwhile, like, play Overwatch <laughs> is trying to drip feed, like, little, like, video updates about Overwatch 2. <laughs> and it's like, I don't know, man. Hey, Bobby, can I sell you a subpoena pass? It's a whole season of subpoenas. <laughs> God. <laughs> can I get the expansion subpoena? Uh, um, yeah. So with, like, kind of the last few months of the year, we got, like, three left. Do you think Call of Duty potentially could come in with, like, a big complete package deal like it has the multiplayer is always going to be good but do you think the story has potential like the main single player story i mean like really kind of steal the spotlight from a lot of these (laughs) vacancies in gaming this year it could uh there's a lot of different writers are working on this a lot of people a lot of people from different studios and whatnot Mm -hmm. some of the call of duty stories end up being good the last one that i really enjoyed was infinite warfare that Mm -hmm. was a sad story actually it was a good story it was sad wasn't kit harrington in that yeah he was a bad guy (laughs) that's crazy he was a bad guy uh and uh yeah maybe i could just say maybe i mean mm. it seems like the last call of duty that didn't have a story was black ops 4 and they're like well we can't do this again people get mad yeah they don't play the campaign <laughs> but they get mad when it's not there when it's not there it's though it's the option it's super to mad do the man thing. yeah 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 you saw in the advertising for this game they pulled off like the activision logo oh wow like on a bunch of yeah they people they want to make people forget that's associated uh that's tough, right? Like, like obviously, this game needs to come out. Mm-hmm. Like, there's people that worked on it. And, you know, a lot of people put a lot of effort and a lot of people are happy to be a part of the project. Like, I look at somebody like, you know, Belinda Garcia, right? How stoked she is to be like, I am a Filipino woman and I'm writing on a Call of Duty game. Like, this is a big moment oh, for me. Oh, she's writing on it. Nice. Right. Yeah, she's like one of the um, Pretty cool. narrative writers on it. And it's just like, that's a big moment for her. But it's just like, but then you have all this other stuff going on in the background where it's like, yep, there's a lawsuits. Shit, Blizzard hasn't gotten any better. Yeah. Activision as a whole, still a pretty shitty company. And it's like, you know, do we keep pushing that in the forefront? Obviously, we have to, right? But it's like, I think, like, these people who work on these games should still have the opportunity to shine mm-hmm. and, like, be like, yes, I accomplished something and I want this game to sell well. Like, I don't know. It's it's tough. It's like a moral juggling right. act. I, I think um, as an individual, 
as 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 a consumer, you mm-hmm. do exactly what you think you need to do uh, with your dollar, yeah. right? Whatever whatever degrees of comfort you have, because I think at the end of the day, uh, the statement that there's no such thing as ethical consumption is absolutely true. Yeah. For absolutely everything. Yeah. <laughs> and if impossible. you really wanted to be a, a uh, you know virtuous, mm-hmm. uh, you wouldn't buy anything. <laughs> Yeah. (laughs) Right. But those degrees don't work. So it's more about what are the measures you're comfortable with. Mm -hmm. For instance, I did pick up Diablo 2, even though I was mildly excited for Mm -hmm. it because I've never played Diablo 2 and I really like part three. But that's like closer to Blizzard for for comfort. And I Mm -hmm. feel like um, it sounds like a lot of the issues, uh, not not to say that there's nothing wrong with the rest of Activision or there are other subsidiaries. We don't know. Right. Uh, But it seems like the problems, the harassment, the assault that was going on is centralized in this one company. And mm-hmm. I haven't heard or seen much change or positivity. In fact, there's somebody that I see on Twitter all the time that still works at Blizzard talking about how their co-workers are coming at them for, you know, being an advocate or voicing, like, I want more change, better change, things being done right now. Mm-hmm. And, like, going like, oh, you're just a troublemaker, you're a rebel rouser and shit. And it's just like, oh, wow, it sounds mm-hmm. like the climate is uh, pretty shitty over there at Blizzard already. Yeah. Or still, right? So, for me, I'm just like, ah, I don't really want to swing some money their way, right? Because, sure. well, yes, there is the, the uh, thing about saying the individual employees put their effort and care and passion into this and not buying it could have some sort of knock-on effect for them in some way. Mm-hmm. Um, more directly, probably downsizing these teams if they stop selling games like yeah. tomorrow. That's exactly what happened. Those teams would not exist. Um, I still think the leadership that needs to make the change won't really make a change until there's something to react to. And the biggest and best thing they react to is their dollar value going down. Mm-hmm. So that's why I'm just like, I don't really want to support what's going on over here. But like you could say like, well, isn't that hypocritical if you want to pick up a Call of Duty, right? And I'm just like, well, fucking Sledgehammer by all accounts treats their people right, you know? Mm-hmm. And they put a lot of love into this and you're yeah. saying writers like Belinda and stuff. And I like Call of Duty a lot. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't know. It, it's it's complicated, right? If you really want to be the the absolute, you know, hero, you wouldn't buy any video game mm-hmm. <laughs> that, that you wouldn't that you didn't make. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, because there's always something kind yeah. of adverse happening, whether it's crunch, right. whether it's abuse, whether it's like overtime, like whatever it is, right? Like it's it's tough. Um, yeah, I guess people can make their uh, decisions as bestly informed as they can. Sure. Um, I think this game is still going to fucking sell like wildfire because that's just what like there, there's no entities in, in a year and you know summer is going to happen winter it's going to rain mm. when it's raining out you know uh, Christmas is going to happen Call of Duty is going to come out in November like, sure. these are things that are known right and it's going to sell and it's going to be one of the top 10 selling games of the year immediately because that's just what happens so I yeah, yeah. you know but for the people who are a bit more um, I don't know, informed and conscientious. Like, you know, they're going to make their decisions. I don't think it's going to impact the dollar that hard. Um, I think where a lot of the influence needs to come from, it's probably like, bless you, hmm. uh, is from like shareholders and stuff and investors where it's like, it, they need to start pulling out of these situations. And, you know, that, I think that is the sort of thing that should make these companies like fucking step two. Not so much like consumers having to fucking like make these decisions like to support this product and like uh, the sponsors for Blizzard yeah for like some of their esports things yeah. like Overwatch they pulled out yeah exactly so yeah, I think yeah, it, yeah. it should come from those higher visibility mm-hmm. things like there's so much ownership mm-hmm. on the player to like be the one to march and make the difference and it's like well it's not 
our responsibility that you fucked up. <laughs> so mm-hmm. yeah, I think it's like more localized for me. It's like I just haven't felt comfortable supporting yeah. or buying Blizzard stuff, or even playing like a game that we used to play all the time, like Overwatch. Yep. Like I sat down the other, it was probably a week or two ago, I was bored and I was like, I'm gonna download Crash Bandicoot, and I'm like, fuck, this is an Activision game. Mm-hmm. Hmm, probably shouldn't be playing this. Played it for Up an hour, and then I was like, all right, well that's that's that. It's raining. Pretty it's raining. Uh, but yeah, however you need to go about it, right? Because I think, um, yeah, somebody even asked me like in my chat while I was streaming, and they're like, "I'm surprised you're playing this," mm-hmm. and I'm just like, "Yeah, I mean, I don't mean to cross the picket line here, but yeah. fucking, it's there's degrees to stuff, I guess." But I don't know. Maybe I am wrong for it. Maybe I am. Daniel, I, am I wrong for I'm not the, That's the thing. Like, I'm not the one to I tell you that you're in the wrong for it. I think if you don't support Activision overall, yeah, of course I'm in the wrong. I think if you're like, well, it's actually Blizzard, and mm-hmm. I don't support them, eh, maybe I'm in. There's yeah. no right or wrong. Again, there's no ethical consumption. <laughs> there's none. But the fact, the very virtue that every time we bring up an Activision game, mm-hmm. that we fucking talk about this shit, mm-hmm. that's a lot. Yeah. That's a lot unto itself. Yeah, like two of my favorite games of all time are like either Activision games or Activision Blizzard games. And it's like between Overwatch and Sekiro. And I'm like, I can't go back to these with like a good sense of mind. And I think that's the important sticking point that like we we internalize a lot of this stuff and commit it to memory of like, this is the shitty thing that this company did. Um, and until they start to reorient and do right by, you know, the people of the past and the people of the future that will work for that company, it's not going to sit right, you mm-hmm. know, but we'll see what happens. Cause they're going to keep getting publicly dragged through this lawsuit yeah. uh, until it gets fixed. So, I don't know. and while we're on it, fuck Ubisoft. Anyway, fuck. I'll be picking up Far Cry 6. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> Um, yeah, I don't know. We got any other thoughts here on this save room plays? Oh, on this save room plays? Not too much, brother. I think that's, I think that runs the gamut. Yeah. I think we got through it, man. We did. We did We it. completed our run. We finished and the, the Deathloop. Loop. There, there was one thing about Deathloop that we didn't talk about, which is kind of unfortunate, but I don't yeah. know. Uh, the accessibility conversation. That is true. Yeah. That is true. Um, what, what's his name? Uh, Steve Saylor. Steve Saylor. Thank you. Gamer. Steve Saylor called it out. Uh, that it is probably one of the most inaccessible games for him, um, that he won't be able to finish it. And because there isn't enough options for accessibility in the game, yeah. uh, little things, too, uh, make a big deal to people that have, let's say, uh, uh, they don't have the same motor skills in their hands. For mm-hmm. instance, the fact that all the menus are cursor-based, mm-hmm. so you can't just, like, D-pad your way through the whole menu. You have to literally, like, move a stick to choose that. Some people can't do that, yeah. right? I can't even do that. Yeah. I'm very able-bodied. Exactly. So, it, yeah, it's uh, it's got some roughness there. And, and, and the way that he uh, basically laid it out is that it's very obvious that Arcane didn't think about accessibility when designing this game, mm-hmm. like at all. And whereas we see other industry leaders, uh, Sony in specific. Like Naughty Dog, uh-huh, Their studios, there's some sort of mandate for those studios to do that, you know, have colorblind mode and all mm-hmm. the rest of it and accessibility options and difficulty choices and, and whatnot. Right. Yeah. And um, yeah, I, I, I'd like to see more of that. And it is unfortunate that, you know, the conversation around this game is that it's an all timer. It's a gaudy and whatnot. Yeah. And there's people out there that are just like, I literally can't engage with this mm-hmm. because the developers didn't think about it. I also do agree with the, the perspective that it's like, well, there are going to be games out there that just won't be accessible, mm-hmm. right? That that that's something. Um, I think it's still okay to be to say, well, I'd still like you to try your best, and for them to come out and be like, well, you don't even have fucking menu options. <laughs> like yeah. that's that's you not trying at all. Yeah, their um, stab at accessibility is like, oh, we did different subtitle text sizes. 
Sure, that's fine, but like everything else is so small. Not enough. Yeah. yeah, so it's definitely an afterthought. Um, it'll be interesting because like Deathloop is like a timed uh, Sony exclusive for a year. When it goes to Game Pass and Xbox and Microsoft and is in their wheelhouse, um, I wonder if some of that stuff is going to be added or thought of because like Microsoft mm-hmm. is very well known for like their suites of like accessibility, right, and like even their adaptive controller and stuff like that. So I wonder if there's going to be more of a push to like maybe put that in like a I don't know a complete edition of Deathloop or something like that. <laughs> But I mean, they, they, I hope they patch it into the normal edition. Yeah, well, I do. I do hope that. But if they don't, I hope that is something that at least, uh, you know, Microsoft pushes for on their end. Yeah, I hope it's something they think about in their games that they, they create. Like Redfall, for instance. Mm-hmm. Uh, like Hopefully that has more going for it. But yeah, yeah we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, I think it's a, it's a fair complaint, yeah. for sure. Gaming should be for everyone. That should be the, the North Star we strive for. Games for everyone. Save Room says... Gaming is for everybody. Gaming is for everyone. Except the gamers. Except for the goddamn gamers. Except the gamers. You better not... God damn it, you better not let me know you're a gamer. <laughs> oh, buddy. Full force. You know, like, those CAPTCHA things where it's like, um, are you a robot? Yeah. You have to, like, do a thing It's like, are you a gamer? CAPTCHA for a gamer. Yeah. <laughs> oh, how many Toadettes are in this? And they, if they find it quick enough, it's like, gamer! <laughs> gotcha, you son of a bitch! Cops are coming right now! <laughs> that's gonna be up. the thing that they set up for like the mario movie where it's like oh you gotta pre-order your tickets like yeah. it's mandatory but it's like you gotta do the fucking gamer captcha first oh my god yeah, yeah i like it well i think that's, it. that's uh, it let's 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 do a little promotionals here if you forgot we are the save room you can find us on soundcloud itunes spotify the rest of them google play sure google play i'll remind you and you can find us on twitter at save room show if you want to at us uh otherwise we're always on twitch I'm on twitch.tv slash the red herb. I'm going to fucking stream today. I don't know what. Of course. Maybe Blasphemous. I'm leaning towards Blasphemous. But it should be Lost Judgment. It should be whatever you want it to be. If I just did both. My God. You and your, like, dual streams. Dual stream. This man tells me, when I'm bored, I stream. When I'm bored, I stream. And you can follow and find Daniel (laughs) at twitch.tv slash Dungeons and Daniels. Yeah, where Monday is the new Friday. Monday is the new Friday. So I'm you guys start your week right. Give you a slob on your knob, and you're right. gonna fucking feel fine for the rest of the week. Slob your knob. Yeah, <laughs> Is that the, that's the word of the same. Slob, <laughs> slob your knob. All right. Good night. Good night, everybody. <laughs> Four twenty. Oh shit! Blaze it! Blaze again! <laughs>